Hello, everybody, and welcome to another. I was just making sure it was recording. Welcome to another episode of the Half Gen Podcast. I'm Chris. Joining me, as almost always, not for much longer, uh, my good friend Ross. Hello. Soon to be dad Hello. of war. Yes, yes, that's why I will return, but it depends on how much of a pain the baby is. Oh, man. You know what I should do? It'd be mm. so stupid. I would only be good for the video version, but after like the outro, just put up a screen that says Ross will return. Like, uh, <laughs> like it's oh, yeah. a Marvel yep. movie. Just fade it good. in. Ross will return. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. <laughs> Russell can just make a meme. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, Ross. Oh. Um, I have stuff to talk about. Uh, I also have, I know the best for audio listeners i'm going to try and be as detailed as possible but i do have some show and tell gotcha gotcha well it's always fun to just start off with show and tell okay um yeah. stupid purchase yes that is a stupid purchase i bought the xbox refrigerator it was 55 dollars on black friday yes and i figured why the hell not that tracks. It tracks, right? The USB port on the front does work, which yeah. is fun. Look at that. Yeah, you Your didn't know console. You didn't know where I was going with that until it opened, and you were like, "Ah, damn it!" <laughs> yeah, is, is it a fridge or is it the actual Series X? I can't tell. Something fell. Um, I did also get this. Hold on. So, after multiple failed attempts to hang it, uh, I bought stronger. <laughs> Wait. What do you think those command things that aren't connected to anything were for? Uh, yeah. Uh, turns yeah, out they I'm... didn't do a good job with holding this up. Um, I got this artwork commissioned video. Yep. I got artwork commissioned on Twitter uh, by MetaWorks818. Shout out to them. Um, it... Putting that down real quick. It is my Titan from Destiny 2, uh, basically emulating like the cover art from Halo 3. Uh, it's really dope, and I like it a lot. And so I got it made. I got it really printed well. uh, at Staples, actually. Uh, I got it printed there and then tried to frame it. Uh, there are no frames big enough because it's like a thick um, uh, uh, like poster board. Stuff. Poster like, board. Like high quality paper, yeah. No, post uh, straight up poster board. Oh, it's an actual Yeah, no, I, I it seemed like a good idea at the time. But I digress. <laughs> uh so I have to like I taped it on the back here. I taped the back of the frame onto the frame because I can't get the little things that are supposed to turn in and close it uh, you know, to go in. Uh and I'm not gonna risk damaging that. And so I just basically am using the frame and then I couldn't get it to stay with the, the ones I have. So I got stronger ones now and I'm just mm -hmm. gonna, I still have to set those up. They came yesterday. And I just forgot to do it. That's that whole thing is the most you thing to happen. You get this dope thing and it's, it's a thick boy and then it doesn't hang because of course it doesn't. Of course. And it now doesn't. here we are. Here we are. Well, if any consolation, it, it, came out really really i'm awesome. very i'm dope. very pleased i showed it to them that i printed it and they liked it a lot so nice nice they were excited about that um boy i'm gonna get into the other stupid black friday purchases in a second <laughs> um this just came in the mail though like literally tw 20 minutes ago 
Oh, okay. So live unboxing, and again, I'm gonna try and do a good job for audio listeners. Thank you. Hear this box. Yep. I haven't. Kind of... I haven't opened it yet. That's how fresh it is. Certified fresh. Certified fresh. Rotten tomatoes. Oh, that's a black case. Black case. Okay. Okay. Oh, I forgot I bought a bunch of stuff. Okay. I was wondering why okay. the box was so big, and I forgot there's, there's an other orange stuff and black there. box. So it's like on live. You got the new on live. Congrats, ladies and gentlemen. The future is on live. Okay. All right. Word pictures. I realize we do a really bad job of this usually, so I'm desperately going to try and do a, a good job explaining okay. this. This is my scuff controller that I purchased oh, yeah. on Black Friday. Uh, I got the Reflex, and this is actually the color I liked a lot. I was trying to do a custom one. It came out to like $300. I was like, that's absurd. And then I yep. got this plus like the case and this other thing that'll show you. Uh, that's dumb, but I wanted to try it. Uh, I got it all for way less than that. I saved like 50 bucks over that. So I was like, okay, I'll do this. Um, so I've been very like intrigued by these scuff for those who don't know. It's, uh, like a, you know, the boutique controller brand. Uh, they make like the fancy, like pro style controllers. Originally they were like kind of the de facto partner for PlayStation, uh, until they decided, Hey, we could do this ourselves. Um, and for about the same price as what Sony was going to charge for theirs, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try the scuff and see what happens because people swear by these. Mm -hmm. Very yeah. nice box. Very well packaged. Look at that. They, yeah. oh, they put this little like protective oh, foam protective padding case. for the joysticks. And also it keeps the box, you know, in good shape for transit. Oh, uh, Russell has a meme, but we'll get to that in a second. So let's remove. Okay, that fell. Phenomenal. That's okay. Uh, and let's take this bad boy out. There's like some plastic behind it. I get. Okay, it's, uh, my controller had a condom. Oh, it's a always. used controller condom. ABC always be smiling. Yep. Fucking Tony. Um, I just want to make sure I, there's nothing else in I, here. I think there's supposed I, to be a cord, like a USB cord, USB cable. Is it USB C, please? Yes. Thank God. Okay, yes. There is an accessory box. Oh, there you go. It's actually a really nice, high-quality, you Thick. know, protective package. I've, now, I have a question, Chris. Yes, that's... Yes, I am Chris. You, I answer the questions. You are primarily a PC gamer. Yes. Do you use controllers often? I was literally just using one. Well, also because it works on the PS5, so I was playing... It's just playing God of War. We'll talk about that later. So I do use, obviously, controllers for that. But other games I'll be talking about, I actually do use controller a lot. Like Vampire Survivors, I play with a controller. Mm. Um, you know, stuff like any Soulsborne games. Uh, you know, racing games, which I'll gotcha. also talk about today. Um, so, yes, I use controllers enough that this was this felt like a worthwhile purchase. Um, That's fair. You know, nice little uh, color-looking instruction manual. It's it, it I, in my in my eyes and in my heart, it will always be that you specifically wanted an on live themed controller, and that's how it will always exist. In my I can't mind. help that this color scheme looks good. You know, on live <laughs> was on to something. Just not on, not on to success. No. 
but yeah, I've heard, oh. I've only heard good things about scuff controllers. So contrary uh, so to the way the name sounds. I opened the oh. accessory box. Oh, okay. And it came with two additional joysticks. Uh one little small uh, oh, okay. convex one and one tall convex one. Nice. You know, so that's nice. uh do, nice do you prefer thing. tall or short joysticks, my friend? I think I prefer short. It's just what I'm used to. That's what most yeah. you know, controllers have, I feel like. Wow, there's this nice there's a nice little like texturing on you could see okay, yeah, good. The light's picking that up. You see that little like pattern, oh, that little grip. like uh the little hexagonal yeah. hexagonal uh, little honeycomb on, looking on, thing. On the grip there? Yeah. Well no, on the grip, but on the trigger. Yeah. Oh, you see where yeah, the light's it, reflecting? Yeah, on the trigger yeah. there's like this little like hexagonal little pattern thing. Um yeah, the grip also does have that same pattern. I did get this one. Oh, it's also on the little. So this one has like the back buttons and stuff. You could see it better oh, there. The paddles. Yeah. yeah. So it has the paddles, like the two little middle ones, and then two kind of like right under, like kind of. They actually fit like where you hold the controller. They fit right on like your middle finger to easily mm. hit either one. So that's actually kind of nice. Uh, nice. This is definitely. Pull out the dual sense. Yeah. Definitely. What's nice about. Weightier. Not as much as I was expecting, actually, but, you know, it's definitely weightier than and it, mm. for, for comparison. This won't play on the audio <laughs> version, but imagine a dual sense controller. Mine is purple. Matches the plates on my PlayStation, and this one is gray and they look very similar. Very, very similar. Yeah. So just imagine like you almost couldn't tell that the scuff one wasn't an official controller, except for the fact that it doesn't have like the cutout little PlayStation button right there. That's mm -hmm. the only way you could really tell, honestly. Yeah, it's yeah. And uh, the scuff controller, especially if you're someone who has a steam deck and likes to travel with it, but wants to use an external controller that will map just identically because it has the four back paddles, just like the steam deck, which is nice. Powers on. It has the light, uh, the little light the things just like the, uh, I wonder I'm if the light changes depending on the game and situation. Imagine. Well. I, I would assume Got so. Got the little LED. It has the um, microphone mute button down here still. Oh. Uh, it's just got a little home-shaped button here. Um, in, in case you're a new PS5 owner, go into your settings and turn a mic, a controller microphone off by default when you start the system because it's ridiculous. It's on by default. Just quietly. Yep. Pairing. It's this is science, folks. I'm sorry, I'm mm. science. Hmm. Are they clickier? Are they smushier? Are they? They're a, they're they're. I I hesitate to say mushy, uh, yeah. but they're definitely a much softer press. Mm. Uh, less travel. Yes, and less like less actuation force. Like the PlayStation, the DualSense has almost like a click feel to it when you push it in mm -hmm. this just kind of goes um yeah. which and i know I, is kind of their I, thing i would assume it would have it would have the adaptive triggers and that sort of a thing I as well i believe it's supposed to supposed to and the haptic feedback and all yeah. that yeah the the l1 and r1 buttons feel almost identical uh for comparison the triggers i think are actually a little like the l2 r2 are a little shorter I think just a little smaller, 
but they definitely have more resistance. So there's there's a Bring little back, more effort to press that in. Yeah. Like a little person looking <laughs> button back here. I don't know what that does. Um, uh, you think it's a, a macro to where you can like program one of the paddles and that's like the program. Oh, button? that might be a profile button. A profile button. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause those. I, okay. I know on one of my switch controllers, it has our paddles on the back and there's a button to program macros. Um, if you just wanted to go crazy. So, so one of the reasons I, I put off buying a scuff controller for the longest, uh, is I kind of thought about one for a while during like the, um, the, the duels, the dual shock four, and the Xbox One controller were all very good controllers, but mm -hmm. I went, I used a lot of them. I wore through them. And the new series controller, I bought one. I have this like uh, electric volt. This is mm -hmm. just a basic one. I use this whenever my dual sense doesn't work for a game. Uh, and I use it with my Xbox, obviously. And that's a good controller. And I, I don't foresee myself needing to replace that. I, I say this with no. You know, disregarding historical bias, you know, when I was young and had to be selective of my platforms. I think the DualSense is the most premium feeling controller I've ever used that is boxed with a console. And that is, again, no disrespect to the Xbox Series controller, which I actually think makes very minor but very meaningful improvements to the, um, the you know, the one controller. I agree. Yeah. Uh, that the the series these controllers this is the best generation of controllers ever in the history of games, period. Yes. The Dual Sense is by far the nicest feeling controller I have ever used. Which begs the question: Far none. If, if it's so good, why get a scuff controller? Because it's so good. Why not, in theory, get a better one? You know, um, ooh, these joysticks feel very nice, actually. There's a nice, like, there's a nice, I can't, like, illustrate, but there's a nice, like, travel to them that's it's that same texturing on the inside. So the joysticks, it's funny, they have that same texturing, like, around the edges of the joystick, that little hexagonal pattern, hexagonal, I don't know oh, why you're yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. but it's on the inside, too. Yeah. So I don't know how I would actually get in here and remove this, but anyway, these have some really smooth movement, like very smooth. Um, I actually think they're a little less resist. They're less resistant than the dual sense. Hmm. Like it's definitely, it's definitely a little less like effort to move. They feel a little more like, a little more snappy. Like they, they want to move. They want to get to where they're going. Um, and to, like the dead zone area feels a little more loose. Like on a dual sense, like the dual sense kind of feels like when you're pushing it to the edge, it wants to, it just wants to go back. Like right. you kind of get that resistance of like, it wants to go back to where it started. This doesn't really have that. Like it's a, it's there. So like, you know, this joystick will snap right back. Nothing's going to stop it. But like this, 
I feel like this just wants to go back to that default space. And this thing, if like you move it to the side a little bit, it'll just hold. Like it just feels a little easier maybe to pull off some of those precise movements. So that's interesting. The D-pad. It looked pretty similar. The D-pad feels mostly the same. Uh, I Historically, I, and maybe ironically, because I don't generally like it on my keyboards. Um, I like a little bit of a clickier, responsive button press on a controller. I like to mm -hmm. feel the button press, you know. Uh, the D-pad is much closer to the DualSense but still has that like it's like I think it's just a matter of less travel they don't these buttons don't travel as far uh on the d-pad or on the like circle square x triangle setup mm -hmm. um there's less travel which might just mean more responsiveness yeah that would make sense Okay, no, that's actually the same. Okay. I'm pretty sure it does have the resist. So I was just kind of casually tapping the button here, and you can mm -hmm. kind of feel a vibration through the controller, which I imagine might be the springs for the triggers. And for mm -hmm. what it's worth, the vibration is actually much stronger in the scuff. I don't really have a good, like, explanation for that, but, like, I'm not really a paddle guy because um, yeah. I don't always I'm bad at remembering where I mapped those buttons, like what mm. I did, what I mapped them to. Um, and in a lot of cases, I just naturally hit the button. Um, but I will say these the way they like the way they kind of like it, it's an angle, but it's like a smooth enough angle that the way my fingers sit in here, I don't think there's any like additional like hand like exhaustion of like holding the controller like it doesn't feel any less comfortable than the dual sense the only difference is like my fingers kind of start to wrap around the bottom of the handles like where you'd plug in your microphone that's kind of where my hand sits when i'm playing so it kind of just wraps around that bottom there i kind of like three finger grip the bottom of the controller is kind of how I play, or sometimes I'll hold it like this, so like two fingers, and then like I'll kind of float around the bottom edge there. This thing, yeah, I'm I'm all up in there actually. This one, I think it's just I I would not be able to do like that three finger grip thing. Mm -hmm. Um, this is I I imagine actually these buttons would be a lot better for like quick time events, like in God of War or something, where you got to spam spam a button. I think mm. this would actually be a much better controller for that. Mm. Like this. Th this has a very, very nice texture on the plate that uh, is on like the your, your face buttons and your D-pad. It has a very, very smooth texture. I'm trying to think of like this, like the inside, by the way, like the home button and the joysticks are, this is like your regular kind of controller plastic, like what's on the dual sense. But this has a very nice, smooth, like, uh, um, feel to it. Uh, I can't think of like the thing I want to compare it to, but it's like very smooth and very comfortable feeling. Like it doesn't, it doesn't have that plastic feel. This feels like a controller that like, 
caresses the skin, you know, the palms of my hand. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I got to put it through its paces. Bless you. And it's got a very nice, like, kind of sticky, not sticky, but a, 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 a like, rubberized Rippy. grip yeah. on the yeah. on that. So, like, this thing's not going to move. So, like, I can do this. I can just kind of spam the button. This is how I do quick time events. I just kind of use my thumb and I spam the button. So I kind of let the controller do the work for me by bouncing back and forth. And I hold it in one hand and I just kind of spam the button. So anytime I'm doing a thing and got a war, I'm like, come on, Trina. Uh, <laughs> Let's change that to hold. But this, see, the controller on the PlayStation kind of starts to move out. And so I have to chase it. Like gradually when I'm spamming it, the controller wants to, wants to turn. This thing ain't going anywhere. All the power in the palm, the power of the sun in the palm of my hand. <laughs> I can't think of how I want it. Man, if you touched this controller, you would know what I'm talking about. And I can't think of what I want to compare it to. But it is a very like soft, smooth touch uh, feeling is very, very nice. Um, I don't know how else to explain that. Uh, so, okay, I'm impressed with that. It does come with a braided uh, USB-C cable, and it looks like actually a pretty decent length. Let's see. I don't remember how a long to, it's... A, a to C? Yeah, it looks like yeah. uh, six feet. About six feet, yeah. And, it's not, and it matches, so it's got like the orange on the both ends. Nice, nice, nice. So nice. that's neat. I like that. Uh, kind of wrap this back up a bit but yeah uh, so far you know uh, uh, unboxed uh I, I i can say i'm impressed it looks the part That's yeah sure. it definitely yeah this and again like the packaging and everything it all has the the look and feel of a very premium product so well done on that scuff uh it did so i did purchase the that was the first thing i took out the carrying case which is a very sturdy, uh, very firm. Something fell out. Oh, that's silica gel. Who wants oh. a snack? Uh, got that same kind of texturing on the inside there. That oh, same yeah. pattern. Yeah. Uh, very nice soft top. Not like the not quite on the uh, Steam Deck case level, mm. but this thing is definitely nice uh, little companion it's got a room down here you could tuck the usb cable in here mm. uh it's a nice uh nice yeah, little thing throw it in your bag yeah yeah and not have to worry about my controller being safe you know yeah got the little nice fairly legible scuff logo there in the camera but the light actually helps i got a new light too i got a a square little white led logitech light uh yeah. and it's pretty nice actually nice yeah, I bought a. I spent a lot of money. Um, let me just make sure I'm not missing. Yeah, four remappable paddles. Profile. That is the profile switch. Yep. Wireless and wired. Interchangeable thumbsticks. Performance grip. And instant triggers activate like a mouse click. Did I buy the one with the instant triggers? I didn't think I did. And that sounds like the L2 and R2 on the PS2. Yeah. <laughs> Where um, they're just buttons. Oh, maybe the reflex. Maybe I did buy the instant triggers. So the instant triggers would not have the resistance. Um, hmm. But as I play more games, I kind of 
don't care as much about that, honestly, in a weird way. Um, so the last thing I bought, and this was really dumb, and I was like, okay, I got to see what the hell this is. They have um, the EXO, which is an ergonomic support cushion. Huh. So the idea is normally when you're playing on a controller, you're kind of hunched over, leaning in towards the screen. So the idea is you put that on your lap and rest your arms on it, and then you don't hunch forward. Interesting. So let's see what the heck this thing looks like. It uh, it kind of has like a weird, like elongated controller shape, which I think is funny and on brand. I assume the two kind of legs go around your belly. Yes. Yes. Assuming they fit around my belly. Oh, time will tell. Yes. Um. Okay. Does it inflate or something? Okay, I'm going to put that down for a second. It has... Wow! So it comes with this chonky manual for a That's, cushion. That is ludicrous. Yeah. Uh, it has a storage bag, a microfiber cover, and a one-way infl- inflation valve. Oh my god, it does inflate. <laughs> no way. <laughs> what, what, what a weird, dumb thing. Uh, I didn't realize it had to be inflated. (laughs) Makes sense for shipping to have it deflated, I guess. I thought it had like memory foam or something. Yeah, it's just it's because multi language. That's why the thing's so. Yeah, that makes sense. But um, Jesus. Uh, (laughs) Here's the carrying bag. Does it come with a pump? (laughs) No, I think I got to do it the old fashioned way. Uh. I gotta blow my XO. Title one. <laughs> it was too easy. Yep, it was. <laughs> uh, yep. Which, with as the destiny you've been playing, could have a double meaning. <laughs> ha. Ha. Ha, ha, ha! Wow, this thing is not small. Wow. Okay. Uh, huh. I think it'll fit. I think you'll be good. <laughs> it almost looks a little bit like a head crab. A little bit. It definitely look like you can see the controller kind of look of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very yeah. sad controller. <laughs> do I blow this thing up? Do I do this for science? <laughs> on 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 the podcast? I on don't the know. podcast. How long have we been recording already without talking about games? In like thirty minutes. Yep. Yep. How do I inflate this? What? It's one on. way, one way inflation valve or whatever you said. Hold on, I have to look. Okay. Yeah. S- Russell, the setup I, I guide. Agree. Ha. Ha ha. I'm so Open the zipper located. <clears throat> Open the zipper located on the back middle of XO. Locate the inflation valve. Start inflating in the inner pouch via blowing manually into the valve until it's about 50. Sp- that doesn't wow. look like. Oh, that is it. Okay. All right. Uh, cover me. <laughs> yep. So, so yeah, it's, I genuinely thought that when we started this, boy, that looks funny on the video. <laughs> um, uh, that has to be a GIF, Russell. I know you specialize in memes, but a GIF is needed. Uh, 
so yeah, when I, I started the recording, I genuinely thought that the uh, Xbox Series X mini fridge was the Xbox Series X. I feel like they're about the same size, but I could be wrong. I have a Series S, so. Um, but there's the hammer, Thor's hammer, which I'm still, we'll get into it, but I'm sad about Thor's hammer. But it's all because it's Destiny's fault. It's always Destiny's fault. I'll always hate Destiny because it affects lives. It affects it affects lives in a in a special way. There's a turntable if you can't see it. Chris doing a little DJ hero action, which is exciting. I'm just describing the shot now. Oh, it's inflated. That was faster than I expected. To be honestly, honest. yeah, actually, it was <laughs> a lot easier than I expected. Um, it, it fits. There you go. Nice tutu. Um, thank you for setting up enough to show that your shirt said button because it just said touch my awesome. And yes. it was touch my awesome. Yep. Title. I will be interested to see if you feel like this is a worthwhile purchase. When you could really just sit back and achieve the same thing. You know what, though? <laughs> This is gonna sound really stupid, but I think it works. Nope, don't say it, don't. dude. Of it it works. like no, but like it, it's just kind of it's resting. It's resting against my desk right now, and I'm just kind of sitting here like this. But I don't feel the need to lean in, you know. Like sometimes because I do that, but like honestly, I'm just kind of sitting here like this and having something to kind of rest my arms on here while using a control. Because you're not gonna rest your arms on the arms of the chair the way you hold a controller. Like you're not gonna sit here like this and just be like, oh yeah, this is comfortable. Like this, I kind of hold it forward. I'm doing my thing. I can spam my butt. I mean, it's not, it was like 15 bucks or something. And it's not the worst thing I could have bought, honestly. I'm, I'm a oh, little for, for, impressed. For 15 bucks, that's fine. I, was, I thought it was like 50 bucks or something. No, so God, no, more. I wouldn't have done that. I'm not stupid. Shut up. <laughs> I, do, I didn't say anything you didn't have to <laughs> i don't think this sucks i think this thing's okay and then you know i can just uh my question oh, chair's not is, high enough my question is in a month maybe six weeks will that just be added to one of the piles in your room really no have you cleaned your room since i was there just shut up ross it's fine. I, it, uh, it's an adjustment period. I got to move so much stuff. I'm trying to get rid of a bunch of shit. And I'm doing a bad job because I bought a racing wheel. It's a, it's a Thrustmaster. Don't tell me about your Thrustmaster. Don't tell me what to do with my Thrustmaster, okay? If I want a uh... Thrustmaster, if I want to master my thrust, I'm going to do it. Okay. You want to see it? No. <laughs> okay. Well, I understand happening? in the context why you would say that. Let me rephrase. Yep. Do you want to see my racing wheel? <laughs> no. Okay, that's fair. Um, <laughs> buy anything? Yeah, but... Um, mm. Yeah, that's not important. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's my show and tell, I think. Yeah, that's... Fair. Yeah, I think for Black Friday, I think I bought Russell Persona Four Golden. Chest hurts. Yep, I'm, I'm happy laughing for you, so hard. <laughs> Unless it's a health problem, then I'm less happy. Call no, he said from laughing so hard. Okay, good. 
phenomenal. Uh, this is a podcast uh, well done, as far as I'm yep. concerned. This, I think there couldn't be any type of podcast more fitting for my final time on the show for a while than what's happened so far. There's been on live, there's been Thrustmasters, there's been an Xbox Bridge, and there's been a lap rest where you could just DIY it, but as long as it's just 15 bucks, sure. It seems all right. And honestly, the ability to deflate it could actually be helpful in transporting it, in theory. Well, yeah, of course. You know, course. so that, that could be useful. Yeah. The, the new light hitting your headset makes it look orange, which makes me feel like you now have a matching on-live headset. No, the headset. No, 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 no. The headphones, this is orange. Oh, okay. I thought it was yeah, red. But no, was no, it's, it's orange. Oh, so you're just an on-live stand. Awesome. I didn't actually even realize that, that, like, <laughs> this is all thematically accurate. Like, yeah. It's, I got a real all, thing going right now. You, you have a theme. You have a theme, and the theme is success. I like to I think so. It. You know what's cool that the Xbox fridge does come with? It comes with a car adapter. Because this thing might be lighter than the console. So you could take it and put it in a car and have cold what? beverages. See, you say what's cool about it, and... I'm going to pretend like you meant just the literal version because the figurative version does not exist. Because why? Why what? Why would you bring a mini fridge in your car to plug into your car? Because it's cool. This is actually going to be my last episode just forever. It's been great. Thank you so much for listening. Ross, it sounds like you could use these noise-canceling Bose headphones. Cancel out the sadness in your heart. It's overflowing. It can't be put back. With the power of active noise-canceling, anything is possible. This might be the most unhinged we've been in quite some time. You said that last month, I thought. I don't remember now. (laughs) I don't remember either. I feel like we've already been unhinged. I don't know what else we can do. <sighs> I show you what TJ got me for my birthday. I did, right? I yes, don't think we recorded yeah. since then. My um, no. My uh, Lord Shaq's duck that he thought was a good idea to get me. He always thinks things are good ideas. Yeah, he's ideas. got. He's threatening me with more stuff. Oh, good. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> um, I'm gonna put all this stuff away. Yeah. Um, do you have anything you want to show and or tell? Um, for for Black Friday, the only thing I bought was Persona Four Golden on the Steam Auto Sale for twelve dollars. That's a low price. That's all I got. I don't have anything to show that I haven't shown already, like my Steam Deck right here. That's it. I didn't buy anything. Did we do a good job? Well, yeah, you didn't have to because your baby shower, we bought it all for you. I know, I'm kidding. Oh, go back. Um, there we go. You think we did a good job with that one? Uh, uh, you know, tell, you know, show and telling for the um, yeah, audio yeah. folks? Oh, yeah, 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 I feel yeah, like yeah, we yeah. did a pretty good job that time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just, just 
probably audio, folks. folks. Stop the last second and just watch over the audio. Or keep listening because I love you. I don't care how you do it. Just, you know, please continue to enjoy Half Gen Podcast. Either, either or. Either or. Now I got this bot. Yep. Yeah, R- Russell, I, I don't know if, if like, you need to watch a YouTube video on how to make GIFs because you can reuse that one so many times. <laughs> Which just one? Ludicrous. The one of you blowing up the thing off off camera, where you're just your head's going <laughs> up and down, and it's just it's just reusable. Well, but, glad I could help. Yeah, yeah. You had a fun haul. Yeah, you know, I, I I think that's the money I'm going to spend this holiday season. Yeah. So that's that's that. Um. Yeah. No. Uh, that's. Oh, and, and, the, the new graphics card, though, still on back order. That... Oh, it's still on back order. Gotcha. Yeah, it's been on back order for like three months now, or two months. I'm pissed off. Yeah. Yeah, I wish it would just come in. But no. But no. But no. Video games. Video games are a topic of discussion. Ross, yes. I want to talk about two things. Okay. Um, and these are actually... So I did I pulled these two things because I wanted to talk to you about them. So let's put that on okay. that monitor so that it doesn't wash me out any more than I'm already washed out or and washed up. I don't care. You can't hurt me. Um, <laughs> so you sent it to me today, but I saw it last night and I pulled it so we could talk about it. Okay. I don't remember what it is. Microsoft so has entered into a 10-year commitment oh, yes, to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo following the merger of Microsoft and Activision Blizzard King. We would like to play. Now, I get other people brought up valid points of like, oh, them doing this is good for the deal because... That means that, you know, now when the, when the, uh, uh, what, what am I, I'm spacing, when the FTC and stuff like that come down, when the regulators come down, and that was the word I was trying to think of, uh, and they're like, hey, you got to, you know, keep it, in. they're like, hey, we're giving it to Nintendo, Nintendo didn't have it before, and you know, that's a valid thing, and that's going to help this merger go through, and I think that's great for them. My initial reaction was to laugh uncontrollably. Because my first instinct was, oh my God, Microsoft is just engaging in a pettiness war with Sony of the highest regard. And they said, if Sony won't sign this 10-year deal, we're going to give it to Nintendo just to make Sony look bad for not taking it. Because let's be honest, if there was money to be made from Call of Duty on the Switch which is the best-selling platform currently. You know, it's still technically, I think, behind the PlayStation 4, but, you know, it's, it's going to surpass it. Currently, yeah. the, the, the trend-setting, best-selling platform in the industry. If Activision could have been making money from Call of Duty on that platform, you're telling me they wouldn't have done it by now? Yeah. Let's be yeah. real about this. They would have done it. Now, I also had the thought of we are five years, almost six years into 
the Nintendo Switch era. And maybe 2023 brings a new Switch. A follow-up. Maybe not necessarily a Switch Pro at this point, but a sequel. Mm-hmm. A Switch Up. Uh, I don't yeah, I don't know what they'll call the next one, but it will definitely still do Switch things. Uh, and yes. it will almost assuredly not be compatible with any of the accessories currently available for the Switch. Of course. Um, but, the apple of the game. <laughs> yes. The apple <laughs> of their eye. Um, maybe they know something, and maybe Nintendo's like, yeah, we can take advantage of that later. By the no. time you guys merge, we might have a platform that can support Call of Duty. Uh, and the New York Times is out there being like, oh, Nintendo's taking on a violent shooter when normally they're very family friendly. And then all but everybody has, everybody's like, Bayonetta. Ba- Bayonetta. Mm. They publish Bayonetta. Yep. Have you seen Bayonetta? There's nothing family friendly about Bayonetta. <laughs> While she dances around and goes naked to summon demons. And that's when you play the GIF, Russell. Bum, 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 bum. Oh, they're not- Uh, but god i just i just imagine the pettiness of like phil spencer at that point or maybe someone else and just being like give it to nintendo and that'll force sony's hand and then nintendo doesn't care i have to imagine they don't care so i don't there is no scenario I wouldn't believe it if you wrote it. There's no scenario where Nintendo went to Microsoft or Activision and said, hey, can we get a 10-year commitment of Call of Duty? Nintendo doesn't care. Nintendo don't care. It's true. It's true. I don't? Uh, yeah. It's, sure. Okay. I don't know. Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, in a way, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, in a way, isn't wasn't it similar with crossplay to where Sony wouldn't play ball? Exactly. And Nintendo would. And that's and Sony did. that's why I think it's petty because Sony wouldn't do it. And so they went to Nintendo yeah. and Nintendo had nothing to lose. So they said, okay, and they're doing it again. Yep. And I hey, love it. The first time. <laughs> it's so petty. <sighs> it's so stupid. And I love it. Um, But yeah, so inevitably Sony is going to have to sign off on this now because now that Nintendo agreed to it, assuming you know, the deal is the same deal that they offered Sony, which I have to imagine it's the same deal. Uh, if, if anything, Nintendo benefits from this more than Microsoft does because they're going to make money from people buying Call of Duty because people are going to be like, I want to play Call of Duty on the go. And then they're going to remember that they're on a bus. Yep. And that it'll look like Minecraft on the Switch. And that they're not going to be connected to the internet. And so have fun so playing the Call of Duty campaign on the bus. Yep, because you know it's going to be a cloud version. I don't think... if it, I really think this is going to be... I don't think they're going to do a cloud version. I don't see that working. I don't see I, how it's physically possible to not have a cloud version. It's going to be new hardware. I, 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 would, I would... At this point, based on that deal, I would almost like... St- I would put money on Nintendo at least announcing hardware this year. Yeah. Like, at least saying, hey, in 2024, there's going to be a new Switch. Or, hey, next, you know, in November, we're going to release a new console. Yeah. But at the same time, the Switch is still selling crazy. Yeah, but it's it's selling crazy, but it's also 
six years almost, you know, and at, at a certain point, look at Pokemon. Even though yep. the system is selling very well and the games are selling very well, there are diminishing returns in the fact of it's going to look like it's increasingly difficult, I think, for Nintendo to look at that platform and say, OK, how are we going to fulfill our vision of these games in continually in continually compromising fashion? Because if Pokemon came out on a PlayStation 5 or a Series X, it would probably be getting tens. And they would be like, oh my God, this is the most amazing Pokemon game ever. Have you seen this? It looks amazing. It runs great. It's open world. It's phenomenal. It's online. I think Nintendo just needs to start the whole thing over. They need a better system that's built for online that doesn't need an app. They need to better integrate. There is so much they need to do to better integrate everything they're doing. And I, I'm, they won't do it. I'm really wondering at this point because you have to support the Switch's backlog. You have to do it. I'm almost wondering at this point if it's cheaper to release a new piece of hardware and then just put the Switch hardware inside of it. Probably. And just take that chip and just say, okay, this chip runs Switch games and this chip runs everything else, or you get a new Tigra, you get you partner with NVIDIA, and you say, we need a chip like this that's like 12 times as powerful. Yeah, because, I, I mean, at some point, are they eventually going to have to go back to disks? Because there's limited space on those cartridges. I think... I And so if they're going to take a graphical leap, I feel like they're going to have to switch back to disks. Listen, listen. Back to the GameCube mini disks. The Steam Deck <laughs> is the blueprint. Yeah. The next switch will probably come with a 512 NVMe or up to one terabyte. If Nintendo right. is smart, if Nintendo is smart, user replaceable, user upgradable. And it will be like 128 gigs. They released the Wii U at 32 gigs. I will say nothing less than 256. Yeah, I don't think we're getting 500 or a terabyte with Nintendo. If they're think. smart, it's user replaceable. They have internal storage, a small amount of internal storage, and then they have a user replaceable NVMe. And Well, then in terms of media, what are they going to do? Because they're not going to make it digital only. They're not going to make it digital only, but they're going to do what everybody else is doing. You have a cartridge with a chunk of the data, and the cartridge is there to authenticate ownership. But, but, and then you download everything. That's what the right. PlayStation does. The the, the disc yeah. for God of War has like 70 megabytes of data, I think it was. Because yeah. the game is installed on the hard drive. The disc only serves, the only reason you buy a physical copy of a game nowadays, and that's what a lot of people don't get, mm. is they think if I buy it physically, I own it. The game isn't on that disc. They're selling you a Blu-ray that's probably 13 cents for them, that has authentication data that tells the server that ins that downloads the game to you. They own this. Please let it start. Right. It just owns a license. It's it's a physical license for a digital license. And that's what they could do with the switch is just put a small chunk of the data on the cartridge and have it like put a put a compressed version of it on there and then have it install. Or you just be like, hey connect to the internet, download this game. Yeah. I just, 
I don't see dramatic changes at Nintendo unless there's like a huge leadership shakeup on the, the Nintendo Japan side. Like online has been figured out since the 360 and there's still they still have a separate app for voice chat on the Switch. Like they're f- like three or four generations behind. I, I just don't see them making smart choices when it comes to that arena. I think coming off the Switch, I think the Switch was an enlightening moment for them because it showed that they still had what it took to make an industry-leading platform. I think it showed that their creativity, when properly directed, was commendable and successful. And I think when you make a follow-up, because the thing is, they just, like, Nintendo has the blueprint now. It's not like going from the Wii to the Wii U where you're like, hey, we got to maintain some of this functionality, but also we have to have this new functionality because we're basically beta testing the system that comes after this. But, and then, you know, the Switch still had that with the motion controls. I don't know that motion controls come with the next Switch. If Nintendo's smart, I Uh, think they just drop them and say, hey, we're still selling Joy-Cons, and Joy-Cons will work with this platform. I I think they keep Gyro internal. I think Gyro... I think Gyro gyro will stay, and I think they might... I think they'll still let you remove the Joy-Cons, but Mm. I think they will... Or they might just keep selling the same Joy-Cons. I don't know. I think they'll sell a better Joy-Con. I think they will sell a more comfortable Joy-Con. I honestly think, honest to God, if anyone, if someone high up in Nintendo is not using a Steam Deck right now, I would be wildly surprised. I wouldn't be they surprised. Just up deliver- but- <laughs> Dude, I would not be surprised if, if Gabe Newell sent them Steam Decks and just said, hey guys, what do you think of this? And someone at Nintendo just went, how did you do this? <laughs> and no, no disrespect, oh, yeah. not them looking at it being like, oh, check out. No, I'm just saying like them looking at it and just being like, how did you do this? This is comfortable. It's performant. Like, how did you get this all in one package? And mm-hmm. I, I would not be surprised if Nintendo was talking to Valve and comparing notes and just being like, hey, what do you think of theoretically? How hard would it be to remove those controllers? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, I think if if history has shown us anything, it's that Japanese companies are very insular and I feel like very prideful. And especially when it comes to looking at Western developers and kind of taking influence. I think some so, of those walls are coming down a bit. I think there's yeah, a more mutual. Yeah. I think there's a more collaborative spirit in the industry in a lot of cases. Um, but but the, the important point I was making, uh, just to come back to it, is Nintendo doesn't have to reinvent their platform this time. Because the Switch is the Switch. All you do is you make a bigger, better Switch. You don't need to go and do anything crazy. I think Nintendo would be foolish to try and take the Switch and be like, okay, how can we make it crazier? You don't don't make a crazier Switch. No, please God, no. You don't make a crazier (laughs) Switch. You make a more refined Switch. And what you do is you improve the processing. It doesn't need to be 4K. It should output to 4K. You know, it should be able to output to 4K properly. Like the the home screen should be able to run in in 4K because that's just realistically default OLED screen. Maybe just a smidge bigger, maybe like an eight inch screen. Mm -hmm. Again, just kind of look at Valve. Maybe it's a little bit bigger. But the Steam Deck proved there's a market for that. And Nintendo has proven that their games sell hardware. 
So people, even if it's a little bigger than the original Switch, people are going to be like, but my games look bad. Okay. Like if, if, if they put this out and then said, hey, we patched Pokemon and now it runs at 60 FPS on the new Switch. Also, it looks better and the game runs better online. Like better Wi-Fi hardware, like, you know, get a better, Please. you know, get yeah. just better drivers, better hardware. And then if that's the stuff they need to do to make the Switch better, better screen, maybe, a, you know, a battery that can at least keep the same time mm -hmm. even if, yeah. if it's not more don't compromise it and if it has to be bigger do it but like by default oled a more comfortable like just mimic the steam deck the steam deck get... is a the steam deck is clearly inspired by the success of the switch you know yeah and by you know by the wii u because that thing you know valve had to be looking at that i don't think yeah, for a second that valve didn't take inspiration from nintendo and it would be foolish for Nintendo to not do the same. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's what I've said I've wanted for so many years now is a beefier switch, better internals, better performance. And it's just, I, I hope they do it, man. I hope they do it because I want a reason to, to play on that platform again. Yeah. Because the Steam Deck has ruined the Switch for me. Yeah. Like, it's, it's hard to go back. And, like, I know there's a lot of people out there who are like, why would Nintendo... Like you said, why would Nintendo do it when the system is selling so well and when the games are selling so well? Because if you do it right, the games carry over, so you still have that success. But now you have an opportunity to sell a new Switch. Like, here's, here's the thing. You don't get rid of the Switch. You make the new platform... And maybe you keep producing the Switch in some capacity. As a low cost, you drop the price. You say, hey, you know what? If you just want an entry-level device, Nintendo has you covered. Here's the Switch Lite. It's $149. It's a great value. It's going to play all these games. They're not going to talk about how well it plays those games, but they're going to yep. tell everybody it plays all these games. This is a great console to give to your kid, to your significant other who's not really crazy into games, whatever. But you have all these people, a bunch of them, you know, yourself included, still running a Switch from launch. Yeah. So here's the thing, Ross. The Switch is going to keep growing, and it's going to eventually pass the PlayStation 4 in sales, if it hasn't already. But wouldn't it be great if Nintendo could double dip on someone like you and then get you to buy another Switch? I've been asking for it for years. I said, take my money. I know, and that's the thing. And if it comes out and it's $399, hell, if it's $499, and they say, look, this is a premium device, we're going to show you, look at this game, it's running at 60 FPS, or it's running at 30, but look how good it looks. Also, the Wi-Fi chip is better. Also, we've enhanced our online functionality. Also, it has a good Bluetooth, you know, good Bluetooth support, so your headsets aren't on an audio delay. Also, all that stuff is baked into the system. Even if it's an app on the system, it's baked in. Hey, look how responsive the menu is. Look how fast these downloads are on a reasonable connection. You know, look how nice this screen is. And by the way, it's OLED. Look how nice these Joy-Cons are that are built for long-term gaming. The controllers have 
to be significantly changed. Also, we believe so we better. have fixed the Joy-Con drift <laughs> issue. <laughs> Look, their have... actual joysticks, like the Steam Deck. Dude, if I'm them, I'm calling up Valve and like, where do you source your joysticks? Can you help us? And if Nintendo, by the grace of God, were to come out and say, yeah, and we made the platform user serviceable. Look at this. You can unscrew this, and here's an NVMe that you can upgrade yourself. Hey, look at this. Joy you know, joystick drifting? You can open this up and replace it. They will never do that. I, I know. Mean, they'll never do that. But if the... Oh, man. I, you, Put you Gabe know, on the board. <laughs> such, I, I think such a simple thing that would set them up for success, and it sounds really stupid, but for the first time... With how successful the Switch has been, for the first time in your history, just call it the Switch 2. Honestly. Just... Just let or them the know. Or the super, I don't care if it's a super something. Super Switch. Super Switch. Switch Deluxe. Switch DX. Switch DX. Nintendo Revolution. <laughs> that was a great uh, name. That was a great name. It was. Too hard to say worldwide. Yeah. But, um, but we, would, we would like to play. Yeah. No, I, I just think they're like, again, I get it that their audience, like Nintendo's audience is... I believe kind of needlessly stubborn sometimes and resistant to change when in reality they can have a much like I get it. You guys are like you want your platform to be supported because that's just how Nintendo is. And you're afraid like you don't want them to cater to someone like me because I like to play the God of Wars and the Call of Duties and the Destinies and stuff like that. Bro, they would put Destiny on that game on that thing. They would put Call of Duty on that thing. Fortnite would run well. They'd probably port PUBG over to that thing. Any game they could get, like that thing would just run, like just, if you could get that thing to just run at 1080p 60, forget about it. Everything would get ported over. Make it just as power, like if you could make it as powerful as like a PS4 Pro, that's a win. Yeah. And then just run it at like 1080p. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a huge win. Right there, in my opinion. Or hell, even if you can make it as powerful as like a PS4 or like a Series S or something, you know? Uh, you know, it's going to have to keep that Tigra uh, architecture to maintain that compatibility unless they're willing to start tapping into some of these emulators, which we all know Nintendo does not like emulators. Um, and they do a bad job when they do use yeah. them. So they're going to have to keep that infrastructure, which is going to, you know, compromise. But like, them just being able to come out and, hey, these games that have unlocked frame rates are going to run as high as they can. These games that have locked frame rates are going to run better than ever. And honest, I honestly believe, like, Nintendo cannot be sitting there looking at Pokemon and saying that the, excuse me, the hardware is not compromising their vision. You cannot, yeah. you cannot tell me otherwise. I, I firmly believe someone at Nintendo is like, come on, guys. I can't make this game on this. It's not going to work. Or it's not going someone. to be what it should be. I hope there's someone, because I'm sure that that game is selling very, very well. Someone has and to be beating that drum. Like, and it might not be a game we know about, but someone there in Nintendo has to be beating that drum of like, guys, just imagine what we could do if our hardware was better. It's time. Oh yeah. And I don't I don't wanna like I don't wanna get into a whole deep thing of like, oh well these are the reasons, but like realistically, it benefits everybody. 
because then, you know, you can upgrade your Switch, I can upgrade my Switch, new people who want to come over to the Switch now have new hardware available to them, and they can say, okay, yeah, I want to get that, because that looks like a really nice piece of hardware, I've heard of the Steam Deck thing, and it looks like that maybe, whatever the case may be, um, Nintendo re-revolutionized handheld gaming. Iterate. Iteration is your friend here. Build upon it. Take the concepts that were successful. Enhance the concepts that need it. And let the product do the talking. The people will buy it. The hardcore, they've been waiting six years to spend their money again, Nintendo. I bought the Switch OLED. I would still buy a new Switch in a heartbeat. Just to have the opportunity to play those games a little bit better, you better believe I'd be there. And again, keep the Switch light. Bring it down to that one unit. You've got that hardware and just say, hey, here's a low cost option. Make it profitable. Even if you have to use the regular Switch to do it, I don't care if you ditch the light or whatever. I just feel like the light would be the one they would keep because it's probably yeah. just a little simpler to produce. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, for sure. keep the base model of the Switch in some capacity and just say, hey, here is your budget Switch that plays all these games. Eventually, these games are going to fully transition to this new platform. But for now, you have this huge library of games. And down the line, you made this small investment. And down the line, you know, if we drop the price on this thing to $3.99 or something, then you can come in and buy it. And it's great. And here you go. You'll love it. I think if they can hit like that $3.99 or like $4.49, I think $4.99 is going to be a little restrictive. But if they could hit like a $3.99 with a noticeably improved Switch, that thing will sell like gangbusters. That will outsell the current Switch. No. <clears throat> Apologies. No, you're good. No. Yeah. It's it, it, at this point, for me personally, I almost feel like it's too little too late. I genuinely feel like the next switch that they put out still will be worse than the Steam, the base Steam Deck in almost every way. I in in a lot of ways, yes. I still think Nintendo has a way with hardware that they will make it work. Mm -hmm. And they just need the overhead. Um I think the Wii U proved that it is never too late for Nintendo. Yeah. No. So I agreed. I'm ready. My body is ready whenever they want to do that. And like, dude, they're going to sell so many new switches to people who already own switches. Yeah. It's like you get like, I feel like that would be more successful than like a, you know, a PS4 pro or an Xbox one X ever could be at attracting a new audience because it's just, Hey, it's these games, but better. Yeah. Hey, the new huh? the new Breath of the uh, what's it? Tears of the Kingdom. Hey, it runs yeah. at sixty FPS on this thing. It looks gorgeous. Have you seen it? And people are gonna be like, "What? I have to buy that." People bought a Switch to play Breath of the Wild when it came on the Wii U. It came out on the Wii U, and people yeah. still bought a Switch to play Breath of the Wild. True. Just saying, there's nothing stopping them. You know, the only thing no. stopping them is them. Truth. The only other thing I wanted to come up with, uh, what, so this list, this was Game Rant, and they had the 10 most disappointing games of 2020, and I don't necessarily want to get... Of 2020? Uh, 2022, I'm sorry. That's, I, okay, I keep gotcha. doing that for some reason. I don't know. For 2022. And I only wanted to pull it because I forgot some of these games came out in 2022. 
Okay. And I just want to go through this because it's like, oh, really? That game came out this year? Um, Babel Hunts Fall. Yeah, that did come out this year. Yeah. Huh. Chocobo GP. I didn't even realize that that actually did come out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Crossfire X. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. 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 Diablo Immortal. Yeah. Ghostwire Tokyo. I thought that got decent reviews. Oh, whatever. Um, Gotham Knights is on there. Overwatch 2 is on there. Um, Rainbow Six Extraction. Oh, yeah, that look. Ross has a very, like, shocked and appalled. Like, not appalled, but, like, he is trying to piece together the words I just said in a manner that he can recognize. Right? Huh. Right? Huh. That was the one that I was like, okay, I got to talk about this. Like, I was looking through, and I was like, whatever. But then I saw that, and I was like, okay, we got to talk about this. Because, like, that yeah. came out this year, and it was awful. Ugh. Oh, man. Are there more? Roller Champions. Yeah, yeah. The New Saints Row. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? Boy, that, that was bad. That was the last one. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. But, like... Those all came out this year. Wow. Right? That's crazy. Like, that's crazy to think about. So, I, I, have, I have a thought. Okay. Let me know if you're into it. Obviously, at the time of this recording, the Game Awards happen tomorrow evening. Usually... Are we going through? We do. Let's go through. Let's do it. Let's go through. Uh, also, so, um, if you're listening to this in the morning... Thursday morning of the Game Awards, uh, Ross and I will be talking over that on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash NightmareCV. So if you want to hear us uh, either freak out at crazy, fun re- you know, reveals, or if you want to see us kind of sitting there with our hand on our you know fist, like, boy, this show is boring. Um, hopefully come that's by. not what happens, but you can come by and you can gauge the quality of the show by seeing us in our cameras. Yeah. It's cause I would say on average, since the game awards have existed in their current format, I would say on average, the shows have been good. I feel like last year's show was really boring. You saw that thing I sent you, right? That I was talking about at the baby shower. Yeah. 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 Um, so apparently it's supposed to be shorter and tighter this year. Um, then in years past, we'll see if the Gillette man will show up again. I know they said there's um, going to be a new destiny Two Lightfall trailer. There you go. So that'll be there exciting. So here we go. Um, I'm going to skip over all of the esports categories because I just can't be asked. No, please. Um, I encourage otherwise it. Otherwise we'll, we'll start from the back. So most anticipated game. I hate, I kind of hate this. Honestly, like, I everyone hates this category. Yeah. It's really it's, dumb. It's stupid. This is so, so well, personal. I think we should skip it. I'm going to be honest. Okay. I think we should skip it. Yeah. It's stupid. It. I, it. You, you can't. Um, can't, dude. This is a, another best adaptation, which is new this year, I believe. Okay. Um, so nominees are Arcane, League of Legends, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, The Cuphead Show, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and Uncharted. Okay. Arcane will win. Uh, yeah, that's my it's, vote. It's I, a- I have not seen Edge Runners. Arcane yeah. is phenomenal. I genuinely, yeah. at the end of that third episode, genuinely shed tears. Yeah, 
I remember yelling at the screen, dude, because it's about characters and like things happen. And I'm just sitting here like my head's on my my hands on my head, just like pulling my hair. I'm like, oh, this could have been avoided. (laughs) And I'm sitting there. I'm like, no, I'm yelling at the screen. This can't be happening. This is how this happens. And I was just like, oh, my God. And like, dude, the the soundtrack for that show. Oh, yeah. So good. Arcane um, should win this. It should be a landslide victory. No disrespect to Edge Runners. I've heard it's I've heard it's phenomenal. Arcane is truly exceptional. I cannot wait. If you have, I don't think you've watched it yet. You need to watch it. I oh, no, swear to God, no. it is so good, dude. I could see Sonic the Hedgehog two coming second because Sonic people are crazy. They really, um, they're really something else, dude. We got to be careful. Jim Carrey though. is the Jim Carrey's great. He's great. He's um, the, I think he's the, the the reason to go see those movies. Yeah. Uh, next category, best debut indie. Vampire uh, Survivors. I, uh, no, I like to do <laughs> what we think will win and what we want to win. Yes. I like doing that for each one. So uh, nominees are Neon White, Norco, Stray, Tunic, Vampire Survivors. Stray will win. Vampire Survivors should win. Yes. Yeah. And it well, does come from someone who is not a huge fan. Like, I don't like Vampire Survivors nearly as much as Chris does, but I recognize... A lot of people have recently started playing Vampire Survivors. They actually announced the DLC I, for it yesterday, I think yeah, it was. Uh, that's coming yeah, next I could, week. I could see it winning, I but think, nominated for a game of I the year. Think, I think, like. yeah, but that's yeah. that's questionable. Yeah. That's a dubious proposition to begin with. Uh, yeah, I yeah, really yeah. think Vampire Survivors has a chance. And if the thing it is, if Vampire Survivors wins this category, I think it calls into question Stray's nomination for Game of the Year. I mean, Stray shouldn't be there. It shouldn't be there to begin anyway. with. No. Yeah. No No disrespect to Stray. I like Stray. Stray will probably be on my top 10 games at the end of this year because rarely do I start a game and play it to completion in one sitting. I did that mm-hmm. with Stray. I still would not put it on a game of the year list like this. And it's yeah. just, it's not that, it's not that game. It's no. not like art house enough. It's not engaging enough. Like it's really cool and the thing is, it's just the cat is cool and they made a really good cat and they made a world that that cat could do cat things in that's very charming. Yeah. That's its me, greatest success is that the cat was believable. <laughs> yeah. For, for me, it's like a strong 6.5 or 7 for me. I would um, I would maybe go as high as like a 7.58, but like, yeah. it's, it, again, it's still like game of the year. Right. You know, um, I don't know. Not when, not when Vampire over. Survivors is a clear 10. Halfgen.com. Uh, check the review. I'm going to skip over content creator. If the Please do. Also. Um, best multiplayer. Call of Duty 4 or Call of Duty 4. Woo! <laughs> Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Multiverses, Overwatch 2, Splatoon 3, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. I think what was Call this? Best Duty competitive? Uh, best. Uh, no, it's just multiplayer. multiplayer. So co-op or competitive. Yeah. I think... I- I voted for multiverse, multiverses. Multiverses, yeah. I think it has a chance, but it, that 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 front has been very quiet in recent months. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the hardcore Call of Duty fans are not crazy about this new game. Um, I think it's drawing more. Like, I think this new Call of Duty is drawing more people from outside its core audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because like I bought it. I know a bunch of people who I play Destiny with. They all bought it. And they don't play COD traditionally. So I think this COD is kind of for people who are on the outside looking in. 
And I think the people who traditionally, I was watching a streamer today, you know, playing like the new Warzone and stuff. And he was like, look, I liked all the other like original Warzone stuff. He said, there is stuff in this one I genuinely dislike. Like mm. decisions they made that are genuinely, I think, bad for the game. Uh, and yeah. so that one's kind of in the air. Normally I'd say Call of Duty wins by a landslide, but I'm not so sure. Uh, yeah. And I feel like Overwatch 2 has too much bad press, but... Yeah, it's I multiverses like, I might voted. just win because people liked it, you know. <laughs> yeah, I voted for multiverses, but honestly, I would love to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles win. I have so many good memories, like some of my earliest gaming memories are playing through Hyperstone Heist on the Genesis co-op with my brother sitting next to me, just playing through the game. Oh, fair enough. And I think there's something to be said for that kind of, co and it's online co-op too. But I think there's something to be said for that style of multiplayer. No, oh, fair enough. But I do think Call of Duty will probably win next best sports or racing game do we want to do this sure what's the list again f1 22 fifa 23 nba 2k 23 gran turismo 7 ollie ollie world i'm gonna throw a curveball at you yeah i think f1 wins because i feel like people really yeah. like that game yeah that's part of why i bought a racing wheel because i have that because i have the ea oh. play pro oh yeah 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 uh so i get like that's uh, that Spoilers for later, I'm playing the new Need for Speed. That's how I got it, you know, I'm playing that stuff because I pay the, the 100 bucks a year and they give me all the new games. Um, but that's on there, and that's part of why I bought the racing wheel because I'm like, I bought one that works for PS5 and PC. So I'm like, okay, I can use this on my PC. I can play Need for Speed. I can play F1, and then I can play Gran Turismo. And, you know, I was talking to Nat about it, and he's, he's hyped that I have a racing wheel. He's like, yo, because I have a racing wheel. Like, let's play some Gran Turismo. I'm like, let's go, my guy. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. I, <laughs> but I, I think that game could kind of sneak in and win, but I don't know. Yeah, I think I could see even with even with like the quote unquote bad press around all the microtransactions, I could see NBA winning. I would love to see Ali Ali World win and just upset all the big dogs. I would love to see that. To I just honest. think too many people are going to look at Ali Ali World and just be like, that doesn't belong here. You know, kind of like what we're doing with Straying Game of the Year, but we're more justified in saying that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay. Um, next up, best sim strategy game. Uh, nominees are Dune Spice Wars, Mario Rabbit Sparks Pope, Total War, Warhammer 3, Two Point Campus, and Victoria 3. I want to start this just by saying... I know we had this conversation last year when we were talking about it or yeah, I think it was last year when we were talking about Valheim and at the time we, we talked about it at one point about including early access games and game of the year and we mm -hmm. decided not to do it. And, you know, again, thinking back on that, I think that's the right choice. Don't think Dune Spice Wars should be on this list because it is early access. Mm. The game is not content complete. Should not be nominated against games that are. Granted, if it wins, obviously they're doing something right, but my general opinion is games are already not content complete enough when they come out. We shouldn't be awarding early access games that are not mm. complete yet. Yeah. Uh, Just like you shouldn't review an early access game. You shouldn't put a score on a game that is not content complete. Yeah. I think for this one, I think I voted Two Point Campus. I think Which, I voted Warhammer. I could see it It could go to Mario Rabbids easily because Nintendo. Nintendo fanatics. Um, I feel but, like I haven't heard anything about that game since it came out. I don't even know. That's another game it, that I it, forgot came out this year. 
I don't even know what it scored. I didn't even. That's look. the thing. I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. Like I think it was fine. Like maybe like eights, yeah. but like you know, or it was. Good. Let me let me rephrase because I want to make sure to emphasize. You know, eights are great scores, so it yeah. probably did great yeah. with critics. But you know, it's. Are, are you ready for the Nintendo category? Yeah, RPGs. Best best family. Oh, best family. Um, yeah. Uh, we have Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Okay. Uh, Lego Star forgot Wars that came Skywalker out this year. Yep. Uh, Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga, Mario Rabbit: Sparks of Hope, Nintendo Switch Sports, and Splatoon Three. I think Lego Star Wars should win this category since it is a multiplayer family game, unlike Kirby, which is single player, Mario, which is single player. Kirby Nintendo has co-op mechanics, I believe. It might have some co-op mechanics. Um, and Splatoon Three, I don't think is split screen multiplayer, but I, I believe I voted for Star Wars, and I think Star Wars will win. I agree. I agree. Uh, best fighting game. There is a problem with one of these nominations. We will get there. We have DNF Duel. We have JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All Star Battle R. We have The King of Fighters 15. We have Multiverses, and we have Sifu, which is not a fighting game. It's a game about fighting. Yes, uh, Sifu does not belong on that list. No, nope. I didn't play Sifu, but I watched a lot of Sifu, and I, that game is super cool. It should not belong in this category. Uh, I voted yeah. multiverses. I think I, I think multiverses will. I think I also voted multiverses, and yeah, seafood yeah. does not belong on that category, not yeah. in the slightest. I get it, but that's a yeah. it's a beat 'em up more than a fighting game, if anything. Yeah. Here we go, best role playing game, which is Nintendo Nintendo plus Elden Ring. So the nominees are Elden Ring, uh, Live Alive, Pokemon Legends Arceus, Triangle Strategy, and Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Elden Ring. And literally wins. any any other year, my vote would be for Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Elden Ring wins. Elden Ring wins. Elden Ring wins. Easily. It's easily. It, I wouldn't be surprised if it had more than ninety-two percent of the vote. And Xenoblade was the only other game that got almost any votes. Yeah, it's not. It's this is one of the most lopsided categories. It's not even fair. Uh, they should just call it Elden Ring Game of the Year. You know. <laughs> yeah, it should just be the FromSoft gonna, Game of the Year. I was going to say JRPG, but technically Elden Ring yeah. is a JRPG. No, it's Western um, inspired. <laughs> Best action adventure game. Uh, we have nominees: A Plague Tale Requiem, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Tunic. God of War. God of War, God of War. Yep, God of War. God of War. Yo, talk about just releasing Horizon in terrible years, dude. Imagine releasing Horizon and it's not as good. Like it's well, just not as that. good. Horizon but, like, shouldn't be just as much as Stray doesn't belong in that game of the year conversation. Neither does Horizon. You cannot change my mind. That game first, has none of the charm of the original. When the first game came out, they decided to release it the same year as Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey and Persona 5. And now they decide to release the sequel with Elden Ring and God of War. It's very telling, though. That game still held its own and sold very well. In a yeah. year bookended by Nintendo, Horizon did gangbusters that year. And there's a reason people were talking about it while also talking about Breath of the Wild. And oh, yeah. uh, hold on. Did we start uh, no, I forgot I was in Discord. Um, <laughs> I forgot I was still in the Discord channel. <laughs> Hi, Nat. We're recording the podcast. I'm sorry. I didn't realize I was still in here. No, you're you're good. That's my bad. <laughs> Nat says hi. Hi, Nat. <laughs> Nat says hi. I think this is That's... all coming through. Special guest, Nat. <laughs> I, oh, that's funny. <laughs> All right, pal. I'll talk to you later. I forgot. I was just kind of sitting in Discord waiting for you to get on. 
And then mm. you messaged me and I forgot to hang up because oh, we don't yeah. record in yeah. Discord. So, right. you know, it, sh- it just never dawned on me, you know? <laughs> and then he um, came in. He's like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what? I was like, oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> Good thing he didn't uh, say anything. <laughs> yeah, next category. Uh, the very specific best action game category. Uh, we have. Can I just say genre awards suck? Yeah, they're not great. Acre- um, increasingly so every year. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there is a game here which is in two different genre awards, which is fun. Uh, best action game. We have Bayonetta three. We have Call of Duty Modern Warfare two. We have Neon White. We have Sifu again for a different genre award. And we have uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Shredder's Revenge. You can be Bayonetta one 3. or the other. You can't be both. Yeah. Bayonetta 3 wins. Bayonetta 3 should win. Call of Duty wins. Yeah. Mm. I don't think enough people played Bayonetta. Yeah. I mean, it's Switch exclusive. So. It's also just, it uh, kind of came out like it was weird because Nintendo didn't, I don't think Nintendo did a great job promoting that game. No. Uh, and I don't think a lot of people even know it's out. Yeah. A lot of people probably looked at that and they said, Bayonetta 3 is out? Um, next up, best VR slash AR game. We have After the Fall, we have Bone Lab, we have Red Matter 2, we have Moss Book 2, and we have Among Us VR. Among Us VR will win. Moss Book 2 should win. Among Us VR will win and maybe should win because it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's very funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we have next is Innovation and Accessibility. Uh, this is always a tough category for i would say for the majority of people because the majority of people don't really interact with these systems i feel like this um, is sony's category to lose though yeah the nominees as dusk falls god of war ragnarok return to monkey island the last of us part one and the quarry it's god of war the it's, last of us wins coin flip i think god of war wins both because i don't Probably. think enough people care about the last of us part one and god of yeah. war I think God of War did a better job touting its accessibility features, and God of War also is the bigger name at this point. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it's a stretch to say that God of War is a bigger franchise than The Last of Us. Once once again, you know, credit to them. They brought God of War back, and it's bigger than ever. Brought it back. Uh, best community support. Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy XIV, Fortnite, No Man's Sky. Fortnite will win. Um, no Man's will go to Final Fantasy. Sky probably should win. Yeah, I vote for I vote for Bungie usually because their community management does a really great job and the Mm. community does not deserve them because the Destiny community, the vocal Destiny community is an absolute garbage pile of people who have no concept of how to exist in a society or talk to people or provide constructive feedback and you're in, yep. you're entitled you entitled assholes are going to ruin this game for everybody and i hope that your graphics card dies yep. or that your console stops outputting to your tv every time you try and put a boot up destiny i want you to leave i would i would respectfully ask you to leave and stop playing the game because you're not helping anything go play something else you're clearly not happy get the hell out of here don't take it out on the community managers. Please and thank you. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Speaking of that, best mobile game. I'm sorry. Um, we have Apex Legends Mobile, Diablo Immortal, Genshin Impact, Marvel Snap, and Tower of Fantasy. Marvel Snap should win. Marvel, Marvel Snap oh. will win. I think you mispronounced Diablo Immortal. 
did I? No, no, it's, a, it's, a ju- it's immoral, you know, because their microtransactions yeah. are awful. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I, no, I wasn't sure if you picked. I, I thought you meant. Never mind. I'm sorry. I'm ruining this. I'm ruining my own joke. I'm sorry. So yeah, Marvel. Marvel, Marvel Snap, Snap should probably win. I think people love that yeah. game. I installed it. I haven't played it yet, but like I heard enough good things that I installed it. I love that game. I'm sure. I'll get into it. I, listen, my guy. I mean this in the nicest way. I have no doubt you love that game. <laughs> yep. yep. It's pretty good. Best indie game. I just realized I don't have chat up. Uh oh. Best. Where's my chat? Oh, oh there it is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, best indie game. Vampire Survivor's not here. Uh, nominees are Cult of the Lamb, Neon White, Sifu again, Stray, and Tunic. Stray will probably win because Cat. Tunic probably Cat. should. Yeah. Vampire Survivor should have been nominated, but I mean, the, the Game Awards is already committing enough crimes. Why not do another? You're already committing genre um, crimes. Why not do more? Yeah. And very similar to Best Community Support, are the nominees for best ongoing game, which is Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, Fortnite, and Genshin Impact. I always assume Fortnite will win whatever category it's in. So I literally said that they're not done committing crimes, and the fact that No Man's Sky is not listed on here is, again, yep. a continuation of their crimes from the last yes. category. I'm sorry. A continuation of their crimes. They, can't, yep. they haven't had enough. And Jeff Keighley just wants to commit as many crimes as humanly possible in one show. Genshin Impact will probably win because those fans are like now they're at war with the Sonic fans. Uh, uh, I don't know if you've seen this. I don't know if you've seen this, but they are genuinely at war with each other right now because the Sonic fans all think that Genshin Impact is locking. Like it, I think they're nominated together for like art or something, and they, mm. the the Sonic fans are like convinced that Genshin Impact is locking stuff behind a paywall to encourage their players to vote so that they can get access to it or something. And then, you know, the Genshin Impact fans just want the Sonic fans to shut up uh, because they're over there enjoying their game whilst the Sonic fans are like, it's gambling! It's gambling! Uh, I hate this industry sometimes. Um, And this is why people shouldn't have access to the internet sometimes. Next category, which is always a weird one. Uh, Games for Impact. Uh, Nominees are... A memoir blue as dusk falls citizen sleeper endling extinction is forever hindsight and i was a teenage exo colonist um as dusk falls will probably win i think that was the most popular uh um, i am voting this category entirely based on the title of the game and that last one you fair. said sounded pretty cool so that's my vote yep. um i actually played through and beat citizen sleeper that's a really really good game it's like a text adventure game um, I'd highly recommend it to most people, um, but I don't think that will win. I think as ducks as dusk falls had as a lot ducks of fall from Microsoft, as ducks fall as Shaq's ducks fall. Um, best performance, one of the loaded categories. Um, we have Ashley Birch for Horizon Forbidden West. We have Charlotte McBurney for A Plague Tale Requiem. We have Christopher Judge for God of War Ragnarok. We have Menon Gage for Immortality. And we have Sonny Suljic for God of War Ragnarok. I think Chris Judge wins. I think Christopher Judge should win. I, I voted Sonny Suljic just seeing his entire arc over the game. It was basically a 1A, 1B for me. But That's fair. Um, he yeah. does do a great job. I yeah. think I, I just think that his performance, like I, I it happened again today when I was playing, and just like 
the fact that they have turned Kratos into a character that I genuinely care about as yep. gruff and like, you know, unemotional as he often is like, I think that is so, so much of that is due to the performance of Christopher oh, judge. I don't think anybody else, like I, I am fully supporting his like, cause they were talking about who do you cast for the God of war movie or what or show or yeah. whatever. I am 100% on the side of just cast Christopher judge. It should be, a, it should be yeah. illegal not to do that. He even, he looks, he's a, large he looks man. the part. He can do it. Everybody's yeah. like, Oh, get somebody, get somebody bigger, get Batista or something. I'm like, no, Christopher judge. They're like, he's not big enough. Get the rock. Christopher judge. Yeah. It's, Batista's too busy being Marcus Phoenix. He is Kratos. Um, but yeah, also Game Awards doing Christopher Judge dirty. That picture of him is not a good picture of him. He looks like this. He looks like a turtle. Doesn't matter. He he can he can take the disadvantage on the picture because his performance speaks for itself. That's true. Um, we're almost at the end here. A few more categories. Best audio design is up next, um, which I feel like could be, funnily enough, one of the tightest categories. We have Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, we have Elden Ring, we have God of War Ragnarok, we have Gran Turismo 7, and Horizon Forbidden West. Part of me thinks Gran Turismo 7. Just all of the tiny differences and all of the different sounds. Racing games, like Gran Turismo, it's a simulation game, and I feel like it does a great job of simulating every aspect of the audio design. I bet God of War but wins. I could see yeah strictly on a popularity level at that point uh and also because more people played it than any game but elden ring and i don't think elden ring's audio design like elden ring has great music and stuff but it sounds like it's a lot of stuff that's from like dark souls like yeah. the swords sound like dark souls the the movement all that stuff like it, they, they made that stuff you know almost a decade ago now you know so no disrespect yeah. But like, are they over a decade? God, Dark Souls has been around for like what, twenty eleven? Yeah, so over a decade ago, oh, Jesus. Um, but yeah, a lot of that stuff, you know, this is the same. And you know, God of War, probably the same thing. Um, but a lot of those creature sounds and stuff like that are are really good, really well done. Um, there's a lot of like quality sound effects. If anything else, like maybe Horizon because those robots sound cool. But I don't think enough people think, played it to pull it out. I think Call of Duty wins. I wasn't super impressed, so I'm. We'll see. Yeah. Next up, best score and music. The nominees are A Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Metal Hellsinger, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I think God of War probably wins. Bear McCreary's soundtrack, especially in the later parts of that game adds so much to the emotional gut punches that happen here's what i'm gonna say i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off please continue no that was it whichever game wins this category is going to win the game of the year okay xenoblade chronicles 3 let's go it's either going to be god of war or elden ring and that game will have swept all the other categories that both games are nominated in i disagree what? I disagree that they will sweep. Wait, which the categories? Ca- they were both. In. Unless maybe I'm forgetting a category. Is there one specifically you don't think one of them would sweep, or like I mean the one that they share? Like unless there's another obvious one, but I'm saying between the two of them, if one of them mm. is going to win it, one of them is going yeah. to win all of them. 
I think Elden Ring's going to win most of them, but not best narrative. Fair. <laughs> but, Fair. But, yeah. but, and we've also seen popularity contests. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think God of War will win. I would probably I've, vote God of War at this point. I have a soft spot for Xenoblade Chronicles music because I think it's all fantastic, but it's just, it's so niche. Best art direction. The nominees are Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Scorn, and Stray. I think Elden Ring wins this. Elden Ring probably wins. I vote God of War. I think I vote Elden Ring. Some of the set pieces in Elden Ring just really, like, were pretty incredible. Um, But both deserving. And then there's Scorn. Um, Best narrative. Playtale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, and Immortality. God of War should win this category. I'm sorry, no what what um, what category was this again? I'm sorry, I spaced a second. Best best narrative. Yeah, God of War. Yeah, God of War. I've heard very good things about Immortality, which I want to play. Um, but but yeah, the penultimate category, best game direction, which is always a weird one. God of War. Like, what specifically does that mean? Elden Ring, God of War, Horizon, Immortality, Stray. God of War wins. If Elden Ring wins, I think people don't understand game direction. Hmm. Because God of War is literally a directed experience. Like, beginning to end. Like, Elden Ring is, like, it is a well-designed experience, but, like, when you're talking direction, when you're talking about, like, the moment-to-moment, the player is more the director in Elden Ring than the director, I feel. So, the... The blurb for this is awarded for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. That is an inaccurate description of game direction, I feel. Which is why I feel like Elden Ring probably wins. I feel like game direction is like a quality, like, you know, beginning, middle, end experience is like it's designing the pacing, like pacing is part of game direction where you place a set piece, where you set the music, how you choose to do it, how you take these cutscenes and put them all together. Like direction is direction to me is the, is, is the result. The presentation of the game is the result of the direction. And Elden ring does, does not feel as Elden ring does not feel like a game that is a result of its direction it is a game that is a result of player choice and stuff like that, which is also powerful, but it is not even in the same context of a game that relies heavily on player choice. I feel like the category should be called best game design. That's exactly what it should be in terms of direction. God of war wins by a landslide. If you're talking in terms of game design, there's a 50 50 shot between the two. I think direction is the, is the, the, uh, the buzzword. Because people like directors, people like Hideo Kojima's, you yeah. know, and so Off that's towards. the one that gets people going. That you know, the Corey Barlogs. I, I I feel bad. I don't remember the guy who. Uh, Eric me. Williams. Eric Williams directed uh, Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Thank yeah. you. Um, you know the Eric Williams, but like, and again, there's so much you know of a team effort behind there that I also think it's not right to just highlight the directors. Um, so game design should be the title of the category. Uh, again, another crime committed by Jeff Keeley and his game awards. Make sure to watch with us 
Thursday evening at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific on twitch.tv slash TV, so you can watch me guffaw at the results of this ceremony. And speaking of the results of the ceremony, that brings us to the final category, which is, of course... There's only really two games. There are six nominees. Some, and they are a Plague Tale Requiem. They are Elden Ring. They are God of War Ragnarok. They are Horizon Forbidden West. They're Stray, and they're Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Elden Ring will win. My vote was for God of War, but the distance between those two for me has lessened dramatically over the past month. God of War is built to win this category. Every time you think the From Software game, or like, you know, there's always that game. What what year was it? It was the it was a couple years ago where like Sekiro? No, it wasn't well, Sekiro, Sekiro, but Sekiro like did win. Yeah, no, Sekiro did win, but there was one year, it was a couple years ago where like one game just cleaned up at the awards and then the game of the year came and it was something totally different. Hmm. It had to be like 2020, I think it might have been. Can we pull that up? 2020 was the Last of Us Part 2 and Final Fantasy 7 remake. I think that, that I think year. that might have been the year cuz I think one other hmm. game kept winning all the categories and then The Last of Us won game of the year, I think. Game Awards 2020 winners and nominees. Here we go. Uh, so, Last of Us 2, Final Fantasy Remake, Last of Us Part 2, Final Fantasy 7 Remake. Uh, it's actually kind of even. Final Fantasy 7 Remake won Best Role-Playing Game. It won uh, Best Score. And then Last of Us Part 2 won... Oh, wait, there's a second column. Actually, no, The Last of Us Part 2 kind of cleaned up. Yeah, maybe it was... Was it last year? 2021. No, it wasn't that one. Maybe 2019. Did Sekiro not win anything? And then no, one came the maybe. Year? Winners and nominees. Sekiro. Death Stranding won a couple. Sekiro. I mean, Sekiro didn't like clean up awards at that one. But it won won a couple. Maybe. But there was no like. Oh, it was eighteen. Because remember, Red Dead. It was Red Dead Redemption Two was uh, cleaning up, and then God of yeah. War won Game of the Year. God of War has already played this game before. <laughs> they know how to win, dude. I because I was sitting here, I was like, I feel like God of War did it. <laughs> That's what it was. Red Dead cleaned up at the awards. Oh, let's see, because it was, um, let's see. Uh, like, Red Dead won, vo- hold on, let me see. Red Dead won one, two, best three, narrative, four. it won best score, best audio yeah, design. Yeah. Best performance. Best performance. And that's it. Yeah, and then God of War, they announced at the same time that it won best game direction. And then yeah. one game of the year because we thought, remember, we were sitting there and we were like, yo, Red Dead's going to win this. They're going to clean mm-hmm. up all these awards because I don't think God of War had won anything up to that uh, point. Won best action adventure. Okay, fair enough. So it had won one category up to that point and then Red Dead was cleaning up and then all of a sudden they're like, game of the year. Oh, God of War. And we were like, what? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. God of War has been here before, dude. It knows how to win. Fair. It is a proven winner. God of War wins. Because it just it just does, dude. I can't explain it. It just does. God, the internet will explode. Dude, but it'll be hilarious. 
People are like, God of War is just the same. It doesn't innovate like Elden Ring. Elden Ring doesn't innovate. They just said, here's your character. Here's a world. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, I don't get the like arguments that it innovated the open world. Like... Breath of the they Wild just, did? Like, like, I don't understand that. Dude, the, the director, um, I, I'm spacing on names today, and I'm sorry. Miyazaki? Uh, Miyazaki, yes. I think yeah. he even said at one point, like, if I wanted to... he's He doesn't understand what made Elden Ring so popular. I was reading yep, this I the other day, yeah. yeah. And he's like, even yeah. if I wanted to do this again, I don't know what did it. Yeah. Yeah. Which sometimes is the best thing you could have happen, is just, we kind of accidentally did this thing, and it's great. But, I, I don't know, I like... It's a great game, don't get me wrong, but like I I feel like God of War ends up winning this because the you know the fans are going to the fans of that game are going to come out and fight for it. Yeah. And Elden Ring is like supremely popular and some of it's going to be recency bias. Um but I don't know. Like well, I I think isn't game of the year the only category where it's like 90-10 critics to fans though. Maybe, but I still think God of uh, Maybe Elden Ring does win, but I feel like it, yeah. it, the fact that God of War won that year leads me to believe mm -hmm. it has every opportunity to win again this year. Oh yeah, it definitely has a chance. It has a chance. So that's that's our picks for Game of the the Game Awards. Make sure to tune in tomorrow to watch it live with us, or t today at, technically. Or because remember, this is going to go up Thursday morning. Yep, Twitch.tv/nightmarecv. We'll be watching. We'll be reacting. Uh, my hopes is that Supergiant Games will announce their new game like they did with Hades at the Game Awards. My hope is, well, Elden Ring just got PvP DLC, so I don't think there's going to be an Elden Ring I think DLC they might announce the actual expansion for release like later in 2023. For Elden Ring? Yeah. Oh, okay. Keely yeah. loves that. You know he's dying to show that thing. World premiere. Yeah. He's going to be on the stage, and he's going to be like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, guys. Remember how excited it's, he was when he showed gameplay for Elden Ring? And he was like, guys, we got, oh, it's Elden Ring. Yeah, I could see a new trailer for Final Fantasy VII Remake Part II. Um, I don't, think, I could I don't see... think they'll do that. I think right I now, I, the only reason I say that, and you know, it's not because I don't think they want, I think they're kind of like all hands for 16 right now. And I don't think mm -hmm. they want to muddy it. Mm. So I think they're all in on Final Fantasy 16 right now. If anything, we yeah. might get another trailer for that. That's yeah. my that's my opinion. I'm not trying to discount you. Uh -huh. I'm just saying I just think that's how Square is thinking right now is sell the game mm -hmm. that's coming out in the summer. Yeah. Um, and I think the best part of the night, like it always is, is the medley of songs from Game Awards nominees before the award it's gonna, is announced. It's going to be a pretty good medley. It's going to be a very good medley. I'm excited for it. Um, but yeah, that's the Game Awards. So... Chris. Do you think do you Dragon Age has to show up again, right? I Dragon Age always so. shows up at the Game Awards. Uh, do, do, you th do you think that you get another teaser? I think we get a date. Mass Effect? Uh, no, no. I don't no. think they're ready to talk about that. I think they kind of jumped the gun a lot on that one. Um, I no. think we get a release date for Dragon Age that's 2023. Maybe winter 2023. Um, yeah. Maybe fall. Maybe they want to avoid Final Fantasy because I feel like that mm. game is going to do well. Um, yeah. But maybe I don't think they also I also don't think they overlap. So maybe Dragon Age just says fuck it. But um, yeah. I I have to imagine we get a release date for Dragon Age. They mm. might do another Dead Space trailer just to take advantage of the fact that the Callisto <laughs> protocol kind of came out and wasn't in great yep. shape. 
So I yep. feel like EA might put something quick together to just be like, yeah, twist the knife. Dead Space is back, baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're going to have I something in the trailer like Dead. They're just going to say Dead Space is back. <laughs> you know, something mm. stupid to just kind of rub it in and just like the true Dead Space, the definitive Dead Space experience, you know? That would be funny. Yeah. Because uh, I yeah. feel like EA is not above that level of pettiness. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I think if they do tease Mass Effect, I think it's something really, like, really short. I think they maybe lead into it not necessarily showing it's Mass Effect. And then... Yeah, I agree. The, I think... Okay. I don't know how you feel go. about this. I fucking loved that Mass Effect reveal so much. Because, like, it just made me so hopeful, and I love Mass Effect so much. <laughs> I think if they show Shepard... I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm literally going to, I'm going to die. Cause they're going to be yeah. like, you know, it's just going to be, if it ends and it's just like, I'm commander Shepard. And I'm just going to be, yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to be screaming, dude. Um, out of all of the reveals over the years with final fantasy seven remake, I feel like you would freak out more if Shepard showed up than you did for final fantasy. I, the difference, it, it, it was different though. I would maybe freak out more. This is because yeah. I cried when they announced Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. <laughs> I was an emotional wreck, dude. I, I kept denying it the whole time that it couldn't have possibly been it. And then they were like, oh, my God. It was like, oh, Jesus. Uh, Fuck it. I'm going to die, dude. <laughs> um, God, what else could they do? Because I don't think they're going to have crazy, crazy. They might show, maybe they tease some Halo Infinite campaign expansion stuff. Mm. I don't know. Maybe. maybe. Um, something got to happen with that game because that campaign yeah. is not it. Um, what could they do? Does it, Sony have anything in the pipe? Uh, they could show Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man They could show Spider-Man. That would be a good reveal. Um. Because Sony, um, Sony, Sony always shows something at Achilles' show. Yeah, because they did, they, they did the Last of Us right there. Do, do you do you want to go over some some internet predictions for what will show up? Sure, well, things that things that have been confirmed to show up. Okay. Um, uh, Baldur's Gate three reveal from Larian. I guess for. That's probably going to have a release date for 1.0. Yeah, release date. Tekken 8 will be there. Yep, I heard that. The new trailer for Lightfall will be there. Yep. Uh, the first Star Wars Jedi Survivor gameplay will be there. Um, uh, Yoshi P is giving a very special live presentation, Final Fantasy 16. Okay, yeah, so um, boom, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, they're uh, all in on that game right now. The developers of Among Us are promising huge news. Um, Keeley says there's a good reason, and this I'm getting this from PC Gamer. Thank you, PC Gamer. Uh, Keeley says there's a good reason that this year's presenters include Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery director Ryan Johnson, and actors Daniel Craig and Jessica Henwick. So what, they're going to make a Knives Out game? Uh, in parentheses, PC Gamer says the good reason might just be that they were involved in a popular movie, but we'll see. Hmm. Um Let's see. Hayes Light director, Joseph Forrest. Oh my God. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Daniel Craig's oh, going to be there, right? Yeah. What if, real crazy, IO's making a James Bond game? IO is making a James Bond game. Yeah. 
what if Daniel Craig is the James Bond? Right. And they what if they reveal gameplay of Daniel Craig's James Bond in IO Interactive's James Bond 007. That could be cool. You. That could be cool because Daniel Craig, my opinion, number one James Bond. Uh, I hear you, but what if? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I think he's genu- I think he's genuinely done with the role. What if he comes out, introduces the new James Bond game, and after the trailer, the new James Bond actor comes out, and it's Idris Elba. Oh. <gasps> That could also be good. I'm here or for it. I'm here for it. Okay. What if Idris Elba is the game? Is James Bond <laughs> yeah. in the game and also James Bond in the movie? Yes. I think they might show that 007 game, though, is what I'm getting at. Yo, they could show that, and what? they might show that Indiana Jones game. Starfield definitely gets a trailer here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, back to James Bond. Yes. What if, what if the trailer, like, the entire time, is just you just see a guy in a suit moving in the shadows and just playing cards or whatever, but you never see, like, hands or anything, and then at the end coming out like splinter cell coming out of the shadow you just see idris elba's face and then he comes out on stage what if they show splinter cell i'm sorry you just put that in my head (laughs) because they're doing that remake um that could be cool that would be a really cool thing i feel like the game awards maybe isn't hollywood cool enough for that but that would be really dope um but yeah i feel like io might be primed to show that game yeah i can see that um i think it, i think it'd be cool if they showed a character who looked like agent 47 and they hinted it as like a new hitman game and then all of a sudden like mm. james bond just pushes him out of the way and he's like pardon That'd me so martini <laughs> shaken That'd not stirred you know <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh peter pascal and bella ramsey will be there as presenters who to and also to market the last of a show uh troy um, baker and um ashley, ashley johnson. johnson will also yeah. be there yeah did you see the yeah. new trailer for the last of a show yeah, because that's coming out soon. That like everybody yeah. says that's going to be the one. Everybody is good. like, "This is the show. This is the one that's going to yep. show video game adaptations work." <laughs> yeah. Other so than like I'm animated. Inter- yeah, it's. I'm interested to see what roles they put Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson in because they said it, they're larger than cameo roles. Um, yeah. So that'll be interesting. Um, so those were all confirmed uh, guests slash announcements. Uh, some rumors and predictions. Surely, if it's a Jeff Keighley show, surely Kojima has to show up at some point with something. Do you think now? Hold um, on. Is that the show stopper? Is that the one final thing? You know what? Be. Keighley hasn't done a one final thing in a while uh, at the Game Awards. Yeah. Do you, does he bring it back for Kojima? I, I, I mean, he, he would walk across hot coals for kojima i feel like you know what i i think we talked about this last year and i think i might have said it or i might have thought about it after i think the reason Mm -hmm. they stopped doing the one final thing is because they end on game of the year and they don't want to overshadow game of the year so they they won't do that so kojima if anything i think would probably be in the middle of the show as like a crazy world premiere i i I don't think like the mass effect teaser i remember i think came at the end of that show um as like their final thing before game of the year but i think that worked because that was just like a buzz thing i feel like the the biggest announcement is going to be like in the back third but at the beginning of the back third i can see that um so kojima uh rumor is that uh, there will be a Diablo 4 announcement, probably a re- release date. Rumor is June. Uh, there was a, a, There's this API sweeping bot. And I think it swept the Microsoft store. And I think it was like June 23rd. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Okay. Um, yeah, I forgot that that didn't have a release date already. Have they shown a ton of that game yet? 
Um, I haven't kept up on it. They have uh, apparently uh, so they had um, a bunch of like press playing it for like f- crazy amount of time or something, and uh, yeah. they all said it's really good. Yeah, so it's this uh, bot release date June fifth, twenty twenty three. Size eighty gigs. They got mm. it from the Xbox API. Gotcha. Uh, apparently, I think Windows. Uh, yeah, so it's Twitter user apparently found the hidden listing on the Microsoft Store. I'm reading this from Gamespot. Uh, A Twitter user found the hidden listing on the Microsoft Store that revealed Diablo 4's release date. Um, And Windows Central added that pre-orders will offer early access to an open beta in the spring, possibly in April. Uh, This all lines up relatively well with a report from November stating Diablo 4 would launch in April. Uh, So maybe that shifted a bit. uh, And also, if the deal goes through, Diablo 4, they mentioned again, is a prime candidate to come to Game Pass. Because it sounds like with the way they're talking when they committed to Call of Duty coming to Steam for the next 10 years, which was also something that happened, they made a deal with Valve. They committed to Call of Duty remaining on Steam for at least 10 years post-acquisition. I don't think Microsoft has any reason to take their games off of Steam, though, because, like, yeah, they have Game Pass, but if people are going to spend money, why say no? Especially when you're raising, especially when you're raising prices, you know, like why wouldn't you do that? Um, But yeah, uh, it sounds like they might just do away with the Blizzard launcher and just put all that stuff on Steam and the Xbox app. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I wish Um, they would do that. Starcraft two on Steam, baby. Mm. Yep. Uh, The only other things that PC Gamer has listed are Elden Ring fans hoping for a DLC announcement. In my mind, I went to, oh, they just did the PvP update in lieu of a big announcement. But PC Gamer's like, maybe it was just uh, maybe it was just brought out now to bring the game back to the front of people's minds for a big announcement. Maybe. Entirely possible. Um, St- Starfield, yeah. Um, and then Dragon Age Red Wolf, like we mentioned, uh, apparently in October, the studio said that an alpha version of the game is playable from start to finish. Um, and the Dragon Age Netflix show comes out this Friday, so it's very Dragon Age week. Um, so, so yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, you think they'd show, because it's supposed to come out, I think, early next year, Dead Island 2 maybe gets a trailer? A reminder of, like, that. hey, that game is actually coming out? I could see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think so. You think anything around... Something Nintendo related. Nintendo like besides, has to be there with something. But besides um, Zelda, in the in the most anticipated game category, I feel like they have to have something else. Metroid Prime trilogy. <laughs> I mean, on four. Reggie's going to be there presenting. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, they could just. Yo, what if they drop a trailer for Prime Four? What if that, they drop a trailer that, for? that would get me going. Dude, what if they do that and Mass Effect? You'd literally die. Shut up, dude. It's put put your last drink Shut up, in dude. The Xbox fridge. I gotta put a drink in there first. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta put something in there that like if, if they announce these games. We gotta yeah. make like a card if they it's, announce these games. I gotta open the fridge and take a drink. You gotta pretend to like break fridge in case of emergency and you use Mjolnir and like tap it and it opens up. uh but we'll see it's i i would love to be excited again at the game awards announcements i hope keely can deliver something yeah um there's probably gonna be something indie 
Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Supergiant showed up there. Uh, NetherRealm already said they're not going to be there. Um, mm. They're not ready to show their next game. I'm trying to think of who would be ready enough to reveal Bonesaw. a game other than Bonesaw. Because yep. um, yep. he's always ready. He's he got You got ready. three minutes. He's got you for three minutes. Um, shit. Who, like, wow. does anyone at Sony have anything that they could just be like, hey, oh, you know what? Returnal mm. to PC could be a surprise announcement. Yeah. Yo, Bloodborne. Bloodborne PC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yep. Keely would. No, I, you know what, though? The more I, I think um, I was listening to the, the Jeff Gerstmann show. Uh, and I think he made a good point about that is Sony owns the IP, but he was saying that like from software probably owns a piece of that game in some capacity mm. and it's probably not worth from soft's time to put the work into that when they've got Elden ring. I don't think from soft is interested in, I think Sony owned more demon souls than they do mm. bloodborne maybe. And I don't think FromSoft is interested in doing the work on that when they can work on stuff they own the entirety of anymore. Um, so maybe that becomes maybe that becomes Bluepoint is working on a game. They are working on a game, an original game. Yeah. So yeah. maybe, but I don't know. I feel like I always thought it would have been cool if they did like DLC for Demon Souls and like built on that game. Mm, but yeah. I don't think you do that at this point because Elden Ring exists. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think you maybe don't even do Bloodborne because Elden Ring exists. Uh, Elden Ring exists, but I still think Bloodborne would do really well if if they had I, the ability to put do, the work in. I think it would do very. I well. think that game would sell like I, that game would pre-order to a million in probably yeah. the first day. I mean, the, even like like PS Five, PC. Yeah, as most people know, that game is forever trapped, even on PS Five, at thirty frames per second. You know what? Okay, mm. thought that Naughty Dog multiplayer game that they said they'd have more to talk about later. Oh, yeah. Maybe okay. they show that to hype up the show, and they announce that for 2023, and maybe they show something of it. Factions, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that could be... I could see that. That could be the big Sony thing for this show, because The Last of Us has always been a Game Awards thing. Didn't they announce two at the Game Awards? They might have. They announced the original yeah. at the Game Awards. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the last of us. If anything, last of us is going to happen again. It's going to yeah. happen at a Keeley show because Keeley yep. like must own some portion of that franchise because that <laughs> man pulls naughty dog in. Yeah. Um, it's, I would still love to see Spider-Man too. I, I want to see. Yeah. That I, I think it'd be cool to show that and show how like miles and Peter are going to like kind of interact mm -hmm. with each other. Um, I have Reveal that. that it is co-op. I think co they already said they're not doing co-op. I wish manifest it. I would love it if Sony was, just, you know, Sony also has a firewalker. I think it is, uh, this, the studio they're partnered with. That's like X call of duty Bungie. I think mm. some, they're supposed to be working on a shooter that Sony is like backing. So maybe Resistance. we see that. No, I don't think it's going to, I wish I know. I know. Yo, the other day I sat here, like I was eating and like, I was, I was watching, um, there's this YouTube channel called Gamers, but it's they do the A upside down as a V. Mm. Um, but they do these really well produced like documentary type things of like yeah. the rise and fall of this franchise mm. kind of thing. Yeah. And I watched the Resistance one, and I was just like, you know, like Resistance, I feel like could sell right now. 
you could make resistance as like a service game. You could make a resistance that's like a destiny that is built on the backbone of co-op that has crazy loot. You can put numbers on those guns. There's nothing stopping you from putting numbers on those guns. And you could make a really good resistance game of those. Imagine a raid in a resistance game. I would not like to because I would not like the resistance game as a live service game. I just feel like that's the way they would bring it back because it has that kind of setting that would be conducive to that kind of game. Yeah. Or yeah. they go in the other extreme direction, which wouldn't be Firewalker because I know they're working on a. You would have to get. That's the thing is you'd have to get somebody who's going to make a single player shooter. And there's so yeah. few studios making those nowadays, like in the AAA space, um, that it, it becomes difficult. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes difficult, but you could make a really good just single player, like non multi, no multiplayer anything. But my fondest memories of Resistance, as good as Resistance, as incredible as Resistance 3 is, uh, my fondest memories of Resistance are playing that multiplayer, which is why yeah. I would be okay if they brought it as a service game as long as it had the spirit of that and was a ton of fun. That's fair. That's fair. It's As we've talked about ad nauseum, Sony needs to diversify its first-party offerings. And it has, like, and if, if nothing else, make a goddamn kill zone. Gorilla yeah. has the clout. Like, you just make a kill zone from the makers of Horizon. Kill zone's back. You know, kill zone had a great style, I feel like. Mm. It, it was a gritty, it was a nice kind of futuristic. You know, even though that first uh, kill zone 2 was very gray and very brown and drab, that third game had a look. And a style. Shadowfall was very. Shadowfall cool. also was gorgeous, still gorgeous. Like I booted yeah. that up on my PS5, I think, because you could play it in 108060 mm -hmm. uh, because it has an oh, unlocked yeah. frame rate. Um, and it looked great. You know, it's still it's, it, it, the gameplay doesn't hold up as well as you'd probably think. Mm. Um, but uh, it was it was good, and I feel like you know in a world where Sony doesn't, where Sony making all these games, I feel like a Killzone could be pretty cool. You know. Yeah. <sighs> Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Where's my water? <laughs> I know. I wish I had a drink over here. Um, have you been In playing? Your Xbox, I, yeah, I know. I, I have to I have to stop. I was letting it, you know, uh, I was going to say warm up, but cool down. Warm up, you know? cool down. Yeah, yep. yeah, 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 yep. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how much you've played, but I got a couple games to talk about, and I got some bones to pick with some of them. Got some bones to pick? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, you can start. All I'll say is that forever, from now until the end of time, Destiny 2 is on my hit list as a game that I forever hate now because it was part of the reason why Chris did not finish God of War Ragnarok before the Game Awards. No, because... no, no, that's not true. I only played eight hours of Destiny over the last two weeks prior to yesterday. Mm. I was playing all these other games which is why mm. I didn't finish God of War. Because, again, uh, prior to yesterday, on Steam, the past two weeks, I had only played eight combined hours of Destiny. And most of that was Iron Banner the week before the season ended. Um, And then, like, one night, I went on for, like, an hour just to go on the moon and shoot stuff and because I wanted to. And then I didn't play again for, like, five days. Um, I did play a lot yesterday because the new season came out. Uh... <sighs> Bungie's in a really weird place um, <laughs> because the seasonal model is very, very tired. And 
they based this season around Rasputin, which the last time they did that was Season of the Worthy, which is not a well-regarded season in the history of Destiny, and in fact is considered among the worst. And they used... They used pieces of that. There were these Warmind bunkers, and the the seasonal activity takes place in those Warmind bunkers. So anybody like me who really hated Worthy walks into that place, and I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, here we go again. And so I like one of the people I play with just saw it and they were like, no, I'm not. I don't think I'm going to play this season because they're like, I don't want to play worthy part two. And I think it's better than that so far. Um, there is some cool stuff. Uh, there's some neat guns and stuff like that. I have a gun now that lets me fly. This is crazy. There's this SMG um, that like when you shoot guys on the ground, you build up like this thrust thing, uh, this like jet. And so when you jump in the air and shoot enemies, you float. And so you could just kind of float around gunning down guys oh, i am living as an attack helicopter i am living so, my best attack helicopter life and using that gun is it like dawn blade where you're like hovering in the air it's like... it, it's kind of like the wings of sacred dawn kind of like yeah. that um yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the more you keep damaging them so one you get a damage boost when you're attacking enemies from in the air and two the longer you keep attacking it lets you stay in the air but the cool thing is, is like you could be on like a cliffside and there's enemies down there and you can walk off of it and start shooting and you'll just float there and it keeps you level. So you're like, you know, looking down on these dudes and I'm like, I'm your God now. And I'm just smiting them. And it's pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> um, it's good. Like it, the activity is fine. Um, it's like a three player thing. I think they made a lot of smart decisions. Uh, I think they adapted some of the model to a lot of community complaints. The problem is it's the same model and it's mm. fun now cause it's new and there's stuff to chase. It'll be very interesting to see what it looks like a month from now. They did also say, um, I think they're doing the smart thing that I wish they would do more of instead of just dumping everything on like the first day. And then gradually rolling out the story. We have to wait two weeks to get the new uh, one of the new exotic missions. Uh, but the exotic is going to be cool because it has multiple catalysts. And it's craftable. So you'll be able to kind of change like things the gun does. Like it looks like the gun has like a like a adjustable scope, like Call of Duty. Like you can have like a red dot, but then like an egg cog can pop up. And it's like a scout rifle. Mm. Or no, it was a pulse rifle, but it looked like they turned it into like a sniper rifle. So it sounds like they could do some really crazy stuff with it. There's a bunch of stuff in the world that like we don't know what it does yet. And we're like, oh, this could be part. Of, this is probably part of the catalyst. Uh, but then there's this other thing I found that has like this hockey projection above it at the end of a lost sector. I'm like, well, what the what the hell does this thing do? And it's it's asking for a cipher. And so I called cipher. I had him come over and he shot it with a rocket and died and it didn't do anything. So I don't know what to do. I'm out of options. Um <laughs> But uh, I'm not going to turn this into a long Destiny thing. I stand by my statement earlier about how I said the community treats uh, Bungie. And I stand by that. Um, really hope Bungie figures out what the hell they want Destiny to be. Because I don't know and I really enjoy that game. And I want them to figure it out because I want to really enjoy that game again in a way that I... I enjoy it, but like I feel like I have to spitefully enjoy it in some ways because it feels like the rest of the community is just trying to make it like, oh, you look at this guy enjoying Destiny. I'm just like, yo, Destiny is a good game. Shut up. 
I'm tired of listening to people talk about destiny. I to, I'm, I'm muting people left and right on Twitter because I'm just like, Sh shut up. You don't like the game. Get out. <laughs> they're, they're ruining the game. People are ruining this game and I hate it. <laughs> but it's Somehow, not, it's that, not that all their, the it's not all their fault. You know, it, it's Bungie needs to evolve this format that they've been using for three years and they need to do it fast. Um, Anyway, the big thing I played a lot of uh, in November, I got credits in Vampire Survivors. Holy shit. That game is exactly what you think it is and totally not what you think it is at the same time. Mm -hmm. it, it, I don't want to say like it goes like full Yoko Taro, but it definitely has like a shift in that game where once you do certain things and achieve certain goals, that game opens up to some really weird things that start to like, you know, it'll change how the menu looks or it'll change like how certain level levels will show up that weren't there before. And then they'll go away because you finished them or you did certain things. And then you go and find things and that you missed in other levels, you know, new things show up and then the game like keeps gradually changing. And then like, there's this really cool, just final level where like the music hits, you're doing this final boss battle and it feels really cool. And like, there's so much I want to say, but I don't want to spoil the experience, but it's like, it's one of those like really cool things that it's like the game, the game is trying to beat you, but like you kind of break the game and you're watching the game kind of fall apart as you're just defying it. You know, the, the game wants you to die and it's sending these things to kill you, but then you just keep resurrecting and you just keep coming back and you just keep getting stronger and the game can't stop you. And then like the, you finally win in the credits roll. And I was just like, holy shit, that was like so cool. Um, and I did all of that after I gave the game a 10. <laughs> after I reviewed it at a 10 saying it was incredible I did all of that stuff, and now I want to give it an 11. <laughs> um, but, God, dude, it was so cool. Like, Vampire Survivors is the best $5 game you can buy. I think that's, there's a period at the end of that sentence. Yeah. There's no caveats there. It is just so goddamn cool. And it's getting DLC next, like, next week. I can't wait. I can't wait. I keep going back. I still played more of it because you unlock like you, there's still like stuff. Technically I can unlock. They added two new achievements and a new level. First thing I did was go get them. I have every achievement in that game. I have every unlock. I cannot tell you the last time I hundred percent of a game. Vampire survivors like, uh, uh, shh, holy shit, man. Um, I played evil West. I've heard some things about that game. So that was like, so last year, remember I really liked that Necromunda hired gun. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I was kind of like, Hey, maybe this is this year's BS B game of the year. You know, I feel like mm -hmm. that should be a category. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Maybe. Um, but that was like such a BS B game that I was like, maybe this is it. And it has such an, it, it's such an awful first impression because that game 
this is going to sound weird. That game feels like it wants to be God of War so bad. Like it has level layouts like God of War. It has chests like God of War that he punches open. Uh, the combat, like the button scheme is the same as God of War or like dodge with X and stuff like that. Um, it's got a melee focus with like all these other abilities. It feels like a shoot, like a, like a, a Western, like it feels like if the order 1886 and God of war had a baby, they didn't like, it would be evil West. Huh? Interesting. And I really huh. did not like this game from the moment I started it. And then I ended up playing it for, because I was like, okay, I'm like, I was sitting there saying like, I wish this game was on game pass so I could put it down and feel okay about it. I ended up playing about three and a half hours and I came around on it and I, it's a game like I put down because I was like, this is so much like God of war. I got to finish God of war first. Um, that is a game I actually want to go back to and finish just to see what happens it's not like an especially exciting story. It's not that the game does anything exceptionally well, but I think I think I found it. I think I found that one weird B game that like resonates this year, you know? I think it might be Evil West. Huh. And I think I I think I'm getting a knack for this, man. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can sniff I can smell them from a mile away. There was something about this game because I remember when they announced it at like one of the shows, and we were both like, "Ah, that game just looks like whatever." And I just kept seeing it. I was like, "You know, there's something about this game that I feel like I want to play it." Um, and I found that thing, and uh, you know, we'll see what that turns into. Uh, my goal is to finish God of War and then try and bang that out the rest of the way, um, and then kind of wrap up a couple things from there. Uh, I did play more God of War. I don't want to say on the show. Like I don't. I guess I could say Destinations because I think they said all the all twelve. There's twelve realms, right? Or nine. Uh, I thought there was nine. nine I don't realms. remember how many realms. Yeah. I'm sorry. All the realms are accessible in this game. I just finished. Is it Vanaheim? What you were telling me about? That's Vanaheim. Or no, that's um, that's Jotunheim. No, 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 no. So I played more today. Oh, you played more today. I played gotcha. more, and I went through a specific a foresty area with very aggressive plants. Yeah, that's Vanaheim. I completed Vanaheim. Okay. I'm not gonna lie. There were parts of that that I got a little choked up. Yeah. Because Kratos is incredible, and the yep. way he's talking, like, there is this moment where he's talking, and like he's talking about Calliope. And I'm like, dude, I, dude, he's just like, I had a daughter and I'm like, dude, don't make him relive this. (laughs) Don't do this to my man, to my boy, you know, like, come on. And I was sitting there and I'm like, oh, fuck, he's not going to talk about, uh, and then like, I want you to play that game, bro. So and then there's that boss fight. And then there's like that moment after. And it's just like, well, what do we do? And it's just like. Yes. <laughs> I really, really hate how they do these shifts back and forth because right as I get into a groove and I'm like, yes, I'm feeling again because that's what always gets me to put the game down is it shifts back to another character because, you know, this isn't really a spoiler. You shift back and forth between. Pl- I get. Is that a spoiler? Do you think to say that? 
At this point, no, I don't think so. You go back and forth between there are moments where Kratos and Atreus are separated. And different times they'll have different companions. I'm not going to explain who those companions are, but they both have segments of the story where they go off on their own and they do their own separate adventures. And they both play distinct and they both play well. But my most frustrating thing is that I get into a really good groove with one of them and I'm feeling good. Like I'm telling you, like I like they went up and then was like, that's one of Odin's champions. You better be ready. Dude, he didn't get a hit on me. I schooled him in the art of war. <laughs> like, and I felt damn good about it. And then they take me out and I'm Atreus again. And I'm like, God damn it. And like, I'm going through the beginning and I'm like, I want to get through this. And then I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta, I ended up stopping because we were going to record. So I ended up getting into a good groove, but it throws me off how they keep switching back and forth. Um, it was pretty cool hearing them yell, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes. And I'm like, it's just seeing him standing there. And I'm just like, oh, come on. Mimir was yelling at him. And it's like, why are you taking, since when are you on his side? Since he's the one who started making sense. <laughs> that was one of my favorite lines in the whole game of just angry yeah. Mimir being like, since he started making the most sense. <laughs> um, but man, uh, it's so, <sighs> that game is really good. And I'm enjoying it more as I go. Um, I am trying to do, like you said, that golden path. I'm trying to get through it. And the goal is obviously to get through it before the end of the year. That's, that's a game that I'm 100% going to check off that list. The big thing that really got in the way of that, cause I was playing a lot of God of War and then I ended up buying Pokemon Violet. And then I spent, uh, 35 hours trying to get a shiny fletchling. So that's why, okay, so it's not Destiny. I'll forever hate Pokemon Violet. Yep. For so I spent 35 hours yep. trying to get a shiny Fletchling, uh, and then I failed and finally went to school. Yep. I did that all before going to school. Yep. It was like a 30-minute period in the game, and I showed up with a final evolution starter of Fue Coco. I had a Gyarados. I had a fully evolved team. And I just showed up to school. I'm like, what's up? And then like the first battle, it's like a level seven something. And I'm just like, what's up? I got a Skeledurge. Uh, dude, Fue Coco. Spoilers, I guess, if you care. If you don't want to know, do you want, do you, have you played, um, do you care about knowing final evolutions? Uh, mostly just what they look like. Okay. Really I'm not going to explain names. what they look like. Fue Coco turns into a fire ghost type. Mm. And it's dope. Because normal moves don't work on him anymore. <laughs> so it's like, they use Tackle. It doesn't affect Skeledurge. And then Skeledurge uses Flamethrower, and it fixes all my problems. <laughs> Nothing survives Flamethrower. He's too good. Fucking, he's so cool. Um, but yeah, so... I played a bunch of that. I went through... I, I kind, That game performs awful. It is an awful, so awful, awful, awful video game that I really enjoy. Yep. It does not deserve to be enjoy to be as enjoyable as it is because it is so poorly optimized for this system. It was way too ambitious. 
And like the thing is, is like Xenoblade Chronicles three happened this year, which is also a yep. large game that looks and runs way better than this. There's really almost no excuse. And if this was yep. any game other than Pokemon, it would be getting shamed into oblivion like it deserves. But I digress. This is the most fun I've had with a Pokemon game since gold. Yeah. This is the most fun I've had with a Pokemon game as an adult. It's it's great. The co-op kind of sucks. Um and it runs really bad. Yeah. Um expected. The game runs bad in single player, so you know, again, expected. Yeah. But I I'm, I kind of love it. I just can't even though I haven't been playing it, I've kind of been thinking about it. I'm like, yo, I got to get back to Pokemon. Yeah. You know the last time I said I got to get back to Pokemon? <laughs> Literally never. Because I finished them. And now I'm going to get back to it. You know, I'm going to finish God of War, then I'm going to play Evil Dead or Evil West, and then I'm going to probably play more Pokemon. Well, it's Oh no, never mind. Yep. Continue. But uh this could, so we're going on a trend here now of games releasing in sorry states and incomplete. Boy, can I tell you, 2022 might be the year of games that has pissed me off more than any other year because I played Dark Tide the other day, okay, yeah. on Game Pass. Guess what Dark Tide doesn't do? Talk to Steam. It's that new Warhammer 40K, like Vermintide yeah, yeah, yeah. type game. It doesn't talk to Steam. They don't have cross-play. Wow, that's unacceptable. So I proceeded... Because, first off, I had to clear my Microsoft Store cache to install the game because that app is atrocious. How are you going to expect people to subscribe to Game Pass? The app doesn't work, Microsoft. It's real bad. You are a software company. Fix your shit. Get Phil Spencer on the phone. I want to have a talk. I just want to talk, Phil. Uh <laughs> I'm a huge, huge fan. I just want to talk. I want to. Sh I'm going to shake your hand. <laughs> um, but boy, does that app suck. Um, so I proceeded to uninstall the game because I said, "Fuck this shit." Also, the game's not done. It has a crafting system that doesn't exist yet, and they said it's not ready. They released the game full release. It's not done. That's how that works. I'm playing Need for Speed Unbound, which yeah. early impressions were great. That was yeah. before the game actually released to the full public. I was doing like the early access period because I got access to it on the 29th. It came out on like the second or something. Um, yeah. Boy, does that game suck now. The servers are awful. I have a uh... clip of me, me, Nat, and Cypher. I've been playing that whole game together online. First off, the progression from single player to multiplayer is separate. I hate it when that dude thing. Awful, do that, man. awful, That's awful, so awful decision. Worst possible decision you could have made, which is a shame because this game kind of has like that road feel of like a burnout where it's like, hey, we didn't build a city and then put cars in it. We built a city for cars. Right. And it kind of has it because Criterion made this one. And it feels oh, very thoughtful. Yeah. And it works for that. Like I, I can like, I can get high speed and I can drive my car and it doesn't feel like I'm going to die all the time because they yeah. did the right things. Um, yeah. They even have takedowns in this game. You don't get to see the car crumple and stuff like that because they're real cars. But you can take people down and they'll crash and go to hell. I don't know. I killed someone. 
Um, they have like people, like NPCs, like people on the streets, but you can't hit them with the car, which like, I'm not saying I want to hit them with the car, but I'm saying if you can't, why are they there? Yeah. You know, what's the, what is the point to make it feel more realistic? So, so I can just drive through people who don't exist. Exactly. Ghost cars. Ghost car. Dunnant. Dunnant. Um, anyway, anyway. This game is super restrictive on car classes. You can do one or two meaningful upgrades and you will fuck your car up for B class forever. You're A now. Okay? Go to hell. It's way too limiting. And I hate that about it. I lost all but one race I ever raced in B. I came in last in all but one race. We went to A and I actually started winning races. I've won multiple races in A class, which is great, but I can't upgrade my car anymore because I am literally to the point just before. So they have like number rankings to take them in. So I'm at like 259, I think. 260 is A plus. I cannot change a single thing on my car or it will be A plus. So this is my car now. My Boss 69 Mustang. That I saw at one point drift sideways, like drive and drift and just kind of shifted lanes all in one fluid motion. I was like, oh, this car breaks the game. Let's go. I found it. Um, unreasonably good handling. Uh, <laughs> so it's my new favorite car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah of course. Of course. I, I, hit, I hit nitrous on that thing in turns and like it's just like the game doesn't know how to handle it. It's too good. And so it's just like, please, sir, enter, enter your lane. Um written invitation so it does all these really really stupid things but it's such a fun game except now the server sucks so me and nat are doing this race okay and nat is to my right i am to his left and he starts driving into me into these parked cars and i'm like oh okay i see how it is i see how it is and then i hit the parked cars nat's car proceeds to teleport into the air Nice. land to my right and then crash and Nat yells stop trying to push me into the cars and I said what do you mean and he's like there's parked cars there you're driving me into them I said you drove me into the cars he said I'm on your left and I said I'm on your left <laughs> he said on my screen you're on my right driving me into those cars I'm like dude I'm trying to get away from the cars you're driving me into them he crashed into something that didn't exist Popped into the air again, teleported back to the ground, reappeared. I clipped it, and I showed him, and all he could say is, what the fuck? <laughs> it is a disaster post-retail wow. release. Dear Lord. The online mode, Ross. The single-player mode is fully featured. Has day-night cycle, has police, has all that. None of that is present in the multiplayer. There are no police. There is no day-night cycle. I'm going to say something crazy. Need for Speed Heat was the better game, mm. which was not developed by Criterion. For everything Criterion did right and well for this game, this game should be this game should not have released for another six months. Yeah. I, I was really excited when I started playing it. I was having a great time. That game is, is super rough. It is not ready. The multiplayer is not featured whatsoever. It's still 16-player servers, which feels like not enough because you can have up to eight people in a race. And every race is class-restricted. To a, There's some mixed, but like for the most part, they're class-restricted. And they gave everybody who got the pre-release version of the game the BMW from Need for Speed Most Wanted. 
you know, the cover mm-hmm. car, which is an S class yeah. car. So you got half the lobby trying to do B races, half the lobby trying to do S races because they have S cars and they want to get those first. And so now once you upgrade your car, it's like, okay, you can either stay in B or you can go in A and hope that everybody else has cars in A class. So you're opening the race to the lobby and you're lucky if you get five people out of eight because a bunch of them are doing S races and then you got a bunch of people who just started the game trying to do B races and nobody's joining because they don't want to use their B cars anymore or they don't have one because it's an A now. There are so many bad decisions that took that game that should have been like an 8-5 Probably closer to a six in my yeah. eyes. Full review coming soon. I haven't played the single player yet, so I don't feel comfortable reviewing the game without playing some of the single player. But I don't think anything that single player can, I don't think anything the single player would offer would circumvent the downside of the obvious end game focus being multiplayer. Yeah. I feel like that game is so fundamentally broken that it doesn't deserve anything better than a six because it's not feature complete, but it's a full retail game that you can buy now on PlayStation, Xbox, Steam, the EA Play app. It's for sale for $70. It'll get there. Don't worry. It's bullshit. You're buying buying early access. It's bullshit. It's not early access. It's supposed to be a complete game. And 2022 is the year of go fuck yourself. This game's not done. And I hate it, dude. I cannot stand this. If this is the future of video games, I might want out. There is no reason to buy. I am, dude, let me tell you, I might not be out. Okay, that's maybe an over-exaggeration. But. You are a fool. Callisto Protocol, perfect example. The day it came out, I was ready. I was like, oh shit, Callisto Protocol came out. I want to buy that. Let me go and buy it right now. I clicked on it on Steam. Mostly negative reviews. 21% positive. The game didn't work on PC. It was a stuttery mess. You couldn't even get a frame rate to 30 FPS. Xbox also had problems. Lo and behold, PlayStation 5 did mostly well. It turns out they worked with Sony in their mocap studios. Sony was also the marketing partner, so go figure. It worked on the PlayStation 5. Even that had some problems, though. So they've been spending the last like week since release patching the game continually. Uh, I keep putting my mouse in that window, and it's going to record, and I don't care how you feel about that uh, if you're watching the video. Count how many times the mouse gets in frame. Um... So many, like, it's it's all these negative reviews, and, like, now it's evening out, now it's mixed and stuff like that, and people are coming in, like, okay, they mostly fixed it and stuff, but I'm sitting here, like, I'm gonna buy that game when it's on sale. Dead Space is too close, I don't care. Like, you know, Callisto Protocol, you had your chance. I was ready. I had my money in hand, I was gonna say, take it, and then I said, wait. Hmm. Um... But these games are just coming out and they're so rough and they're so bad. And it's just like, why? 2022, like the games I was so excited for, like Horizon was just a huge letdown. I have only played like three hours of that game and I have almost zero desire, Horizon zero desire to play. That's the title. I, th- I thought you might like that. Um, I didn't do that on purpose, but like, it, it, I meant, dude, like, you know how much I love that game. I was playing Zero Dawn on PC 
prior to the release of that to hype myself up. And that was incredible. I hooked up my dual sense. I'm playing. That was a game I was trying to play on mouse and keyboard. It played better on controller. No. Go figure. You know, the game built for a console. Um, but I was I love that game, dude. I I like that game so much. That might still be my favorite game from 2017 in some weird alternate reality. Because I know Persona 5 was like, I love, I love Persona 5, but Horizon Zero or Horizon Zero Dawn might actually be like that was the game, yeah. man. Um and Forbidden West just has none of none of what captured me. Yeah. It just feels like a sequel that le- that took all the wrong steps. That sucks. And again, you know, to go, you know, 2022. And so again, you know, we've got these games that are coming out and like they're secretly good games, but they're just not done. And it's not fair to me to be spending money on these games. Like I just finally picked up Dying Light 2 on a, the last Steam sale because it was like 50% off, but the game is actually in a good state now. It just took a while. Yeah, but that game came out this year. Yeah. And it was a disaster when it came out because it had a bunch of problems and all that stuff. And like here I am playing like Farthest Frontier early access game. Looks great. And then here's Dying Light 2. Took like four months. Yeah. And, it, and it's crazy. And it's not fair. It is not fair. Halo Infinite finally got online co-op a year after the game came out. Two years after it was supposed to come out. How is that fair to anybody? How is that fair to anybody buying games? To have to buy these games and say, oh, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be feature complete in two years. Forge is still in yeah. beta, dude. Yeah. Don't worry. It'll be feature complete in 18 months. Don't worry about it. Just, you know, please enjoy Halo Infinite. The fuck? 2022 is one of the worst years of releasing finished games. And I don't want to discredit COVID at this point. But it's painfully obvious that you've been sitting on these games probably for a while. And now you're trying to push them out the door because they're may- maybe the- they're just costing too much to hold on to at this point. That still doesn't make it right. And that still doesn't make it fair. No. A lot of these games could have been great next year. Yeah. God of War is the exception. I think God of War, Elden Ring also an exception. Yep. I think Elden Ring launched in a very good state. And you know, the frame rate's still a little weird on PC, but for the most part, it plays well. I think Elden Ring released. Elden Ring and God of War might be the two single best releases of the year because they came out feature complete. Like, even God of War, they just added photo mode. Yeah, 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 that's true. And I saw that, and I'm like, what the fuck? And they just added... How do you not launch... Or nothing, no, no, they just added multi... Like, no, PvP was there. They just added, like... They added the multiplayer. But again, like, that's a thing that they added late to Dark Souls 3, but that was something that they said they were going to do for Elden Ring, and it came out Mm -hmm. late. And it's like, again... It's another scenario, like, but still, I give them credit where credit is due. If it's a multiplayer arena thing, nobody cared because nobody was complaining yeah. about it, you know? It, 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 yeah. Frankly, anybody who plays PvP in that game, they're their own, they belong in their own little thing. Um, those people, no, I mean, no disrespect to them, but those people, I don't know how they do it because that game, those servers are not conducive to a PvP experience. They're, and, and yet they're somehow better than Need for Speed Unbound. <laughs> 
somehow more responsive than Need for Speed Unbound in some wild alternate reality. Uh, that that game is like the de facto best multiplayer game. I don't know, but uh, I don't know. 2022 kind of sucks, dude. And there's a lot of great games, but boy, did most of them release like shit. Yeah. Yeah. It is mind boggling. Like, man, that was a whole Chris's controversial corner. I feel, great. I feel entirely justified though. Oh no, no. I, I enjoyed it. I feel like when Gran Turismo 7 came out, I feel like that had a problem too, like a weird thing. Like there's, there's so many of these games that just like well, it's, it's a, Cyberpunk that just announced they're canceling the multiplayer component to the game entirely <laughs> that they were developing. Like COVID so. COVID is one of the worst things to ever happen to video games. COVID is one of the like like let me let me not make that I want to be clear. <laughs> I'm not making that sound like oh COVID's just bad for people. COVID is one of the worst things to happen to humanity in probably its, you know, existence overall in the grand scheme of things in terms of scale. You know, it's no yeah, cuz we had the technology and we still couldn't stop it. Um cuz ignorance uh ignorance always wins. Ignorance survives somehow. Um, Ignorance is your new best friend. Yeah. Paramore. It all comes back. It all comes full circle. <laughs> um, fuck, I lost it. Uh, <laughs> uh, you were justifying that COVID was bad for humanity as well as video yes, games. Yes, but like these games, like Gotham Knights. Yeah. Whoa. Gotham Knights. Whoa. So many, which I, I actually, I'm going to at least try. So that way I can speak uh, definitively. This is one of the benefits of having uh, siblings who also own a PlayStation 5 and don't heed your warnings is that I can just borrow it and then I didn't waste any money. Uh, <laughs> she beat it. She liked it. But she also, she's she doesn't care. You know, she just plays the games. She no. She's just like, whatever. Um, and sometimes I wish I could just play the games, but... Um, you know, honestly, at a certain point, you know, I might not be a professional, but you do, you critique games long enough in any capacity and, uh, changes you changes, changes a person. But, um, yeah, 2022 is sorry. And like, I can't even fully blame the devs cause yeah, COVID, but like, I, I can certainly blame the management cause like something fundamental broke down somewhere and so many games this year just released so poorly that it's embarrassing for the industry. Uh, and I think it's reflected in some of the, some of how these games performed and especially in how they reviewed. Uh, but again, a game like Pokemon Violet happens to be so fun that we're going to give it a pass for how dreadfully it actually performs. Yeah. It, it can't, I would be surprised if that game could hold a locked 24 frames a second at any point in the game, let alone 30, because it doesn't do 30. I don't know if that game ever hits 30. Um, Pokemon Violet is one of the worst performing AAA titles I've ever played in my life. It might be the worst performing AAA title I've ever played in my life. Like, Bloodborne was rough when that game came out. This makes Bloodborne look like 120. Yeah. on a PlayStation 4. And Bloodborne had like frame pacing issues and all that shit and that's a whole other thing. I don't think this game knows what a frame rate is. 
I don't think the Switch knows what to do with it. And it's like, what do you want me to do with this? It's like, like Pokemon Violet just feels like a deck of cards that got shuffled up bad, and they're just like, fix it. And some of them are upside down and whatever, and the Switch is just like, fuck this, I'm not doing it. <laughs> you get what you get. <laughs> you get what you get, and you like it. Now take your fight Coco and get out of here. Go to school if you can. Dude, the world, when you play that game, the world terraforms based on when you're closer or further away from objects. Water levels change because the environment shifts. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> this game does things I cannot comprehend. It, it boggles the mind. I, I can't, dude. I don't understand. <sighs> um. But anyway, I've also been playing um Elden Ring. Uh, I have been playing the uh, uh the seamless, seamless co-op co mod. mod. I am a mess right now. Uh, I have been playing the seamless co-op mod with my friends because you know, on one hand, like I don't like invasions, and I don't care if that makes you feel a certain way about me. I don't care about you either. So, I mean, if you're like, oh, dude, I want to invade. You shouldn't be avoiding invasions. It's like crazy. It's like you can play that game offline or something. Um, I like to play those games with my friends because that is historically what I've done. And I have a great time doing that. I have more fun playing Elden Ring like a Monster Hunter game. Mm -hmm. Elden Ring is my, uh, you know, FromSoft games are my favorite Monster Hunter games. Um, the great part about Seamless Co-op, though, is it treats everything like a single-player instance, so everybody can ride their horse, nobody has to go away after you kill a boss, you can all teleport places together, and you could do all these things, you could share gear, um, so, like, we, we're, our party is, like, big on dual-wielding, so, like, every time somebody gets a new sword and they're, like, not using it, it's like, hey, can you drop that for me, and then I'm dual-wielding these swords, it's crazy, um, it's really cool, so, that stuff's all awesome, and I really enjoy that. And I've made more progress in the game recently than I have made. Like I put like 50 hours into Elden Ring in the last two weeks. I've made more progress in the last like 16 hours played than I have in the prior 50. Mm -hmm. Just because like I've been in a good play style. I got my bleed going. Um, I have a path to the actually, no, I stopped using the bleed. I've been using the, um, the golden straight sword. I think it is that you can dual wheel and you get the light. At, you know, you yeah, make the yeah, light yeah. thing. I told you about that. I've been using those again, and I have a lot of fun doing that. So those are kind of my go-to weapon. Uh, I did. I finished the Ray Lucaria Academy the other day. Okay. I got the statue so you can, hat you can that looks like. Now. Yeah, I look like the Burger King. Um, yep. Is like my main goal here. Uh, so yep. I am the Burger King, and then at the end of the game, I'm gonna get the Flame Broiler, which I think is the Rivers of Blood. I think it's called. Um, mm. Or no, Rivers of Blood is the. There's a fire sword at the end, not Rivers of Blood. Rivers of Blood I still want, but yeah, yeah. Um, there's like some fire sword at the end of the game that I want. And I, I know Cypher used to use it and like he would join me in the other game because he finished the game. So mm. he would join me when I was going through and he would just light everything on fire. And he wore that mask. So I called him the Burger King. I was like, activate the, fr the flame broiler. And he would just whoosh and everything burns. So I'm just trying to be the best Burger King I can be. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... I'm enjoying that a lot. It, the, the weird thing is seamless co-op is a little busted because one of our party members is like a little further in the game in some ways than I am. So it, I think seamless co-op kind of breaks NPCs. So at certain points, if I want to interact with NPCs, I have to kick them out of my party and then it reinstances everything for me. And then I can talk to all the NPCs. I can progress all those storylines and stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Like I just finished uh, a I or I finished part of a storyline um, involving uh, two people in the uh, round table. Uh, uh, I, okay, if you're just gonna say it, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't spoil it. I just gonna be clear here. Um, but yes, I did just I just finished that, so that's cool. Oh, and yeah. then um, at one point, that one dude who's like leaning. Uh, the cipher didn't even know. Yeah, we true. went back. Yeah, yeah, we went back, and he attacked me because I had half of like the medallion thing, and he was like, "I didn't think you were yeah. supposed to attack it." I, he wasn't apparently supposed to attack me until I had the whole thing, but he did anyway, and I kicked his ass. Oh no, he do- he does that for the first half. Cipher is incorrect. Oh okay. Um. Yeah. Also, I just finished. Uh, the dude who calls you maidenless. I finished his quest line. Yeah, Vare. Yeah, yeah, yeah that guy, yeah, yeah. asshat. Yeah, uh, so yep. I just finished his thing, but now I'm in a place that I can't fight anything, and so I killed him, uh, and now I'm, like, getting the hell out. I'm going to go somewhere else. Are you in the Red Rose place? Uh, n- no, I am I am in, I think it's Moog is the name. I'm in, like, his palace or something. Oh, jeez. I, I haven't gotten there yet. Oh, yeah. so you have you finished his... Quest? Mo- Moog Lord? No, 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 not no, not Moog. Um, the the Vare oh. quest. Oh no, 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 no. no. So I found no, him. I and, he, I, I forgot. He's how you get access to. to yeah. Palace. So, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you want me to talk about this. It's, it's, I don't think it's super significant. Um, but I, it's up to you. Yeah, I already know everything. I don't yeah, care. so we're gonna talk about this, and if you care, you know, just fast forward like two minutes. This shouldn't take long. <laughs> um, but. He uh, so I found him at Rhea Lucaria and he was like, oh, go do this. And so like they made his quest accessible offline because people don't like invaders. And so they didn't want to invade. And so I did the whole thing and I we we found like the area where you could teleport to like all the places, the the four teleport mountain thing. Uh, I don't remember what the area is called, but you can go to like all these tough areas and there's like a hidden item and like a really, bunch of really tough enemies. Uh, and so I got back to the island where you start the game. Mm-hmm. and one of the maidens is there and I saw her there and I couldn't kill her. And I was like, this is weird. I don't know what to do with her. And then he was like, Oh, you need to get the blood of a maiden. I'm like, got it. Okay. So I went, I got the blood of the maiden. He gives me the thing. And apparently like when you go there, he gets mad in his, you can invade him. And I kicked his ass. Nice. And so I killed him and that's how I finished it. You know, screw that guy. Who's maidenless yeah. now? Asshole. <laughs> At least I got a life. <laughs> I'm the main character. You're nothing. <laughs> Dad Brad lives again. <laughs> um but yeah, so I've been having a good time with that now. Uh and I just like unapologetically I'm like, you know, part there's always that lingering thing of like, ah, maybe I should go back to, you know, and do this stuff later by myself and like prove I can do it. And uh, you know, the majority of me is like, fuck that. I don't care. I got nothing to prove to anybody. I'm having a good time. Yeah. If seamless co-op is how I'm going to complete Elden Ring, I don't care. Yeah. As long as I finish, you know, whatever. I'm probably going to finish the game now, which is great because, like, I that world is way too open and kind of boring for one person. I know you would probably disagree with that because that's how you're playing, but I, 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 I it did nothing for me until I started doing seamless co-op, and that's the only thing that has kept me going in that game. Yeah, yeah, it's understandable. I wish they would do that for the older games. Seamless co-op is honestly like 
this gets back into the whole debate of like, you know, creative vision versus like accessibility and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I, seamless co-op feels like how that game should just work. But that's my opinion. I think it's stupid that like they zone out and like they'll put up fog walls and you got to like cancel people out. And then there's like a, a, a grace right there and then you summon them again or you defeat yep. a boss. And they leave and then you summon them again. At least you can do that now. Because like in right. the older Dark Souls games, you couldn't even do that. You couldn't call your friends back in once you defeated the boss in that area. You couldn't summon anymore. And so at least you can do that. But it's just you make it so complicated and it's like if you're going to have the feature either go all in with it you don't have this weird middle ground of like well we're going to do it but we're going to do it in this weird way no either do it or don't my opinion do it or don't you can't have it both ways you shouldn't have it both ways it's ridiculous um but yeah that's that's the last of kind of what i've been doing um I didn't think that was going to turn into a rant like it did. Um, so I don't know if I'm sorry or you're welcome. I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will probably not run quite as long, but um, so have you heard of a game called Evil Land? It's an old game. Yeah, I can imagine the box art. So it's like a five or ten dollar game on Steam from like 2013. Uh, yes, I've been pl I've been playing that. It's it's super cool. I think it only takes like five hours to beat. I think I'm at the end, but it takes you through like the history of RPGs. So you start off with like Game Boy, like original Game Boy graphics, and you go to a chest and open the chest, and then it changes the entire look of the game. It's like oh, color now, huh? And it looks like a Game Boy Color game, and you pick up like uh you pick up like mechanics in chests uh like common ones it's like oh look unlocked a save point great job and it does that throughout the whole game to the point where i got to this one town and i found a chest and it unlocked 3d graphics to where it looked like a ps1 game <laughs> and i would transition to be between screens and when you would do that a loading screen with a little spinning disc would show up but in the store in that town you can buy no more loading screens as like an item and it takes away the loading screens. Like it's really, neat, that's actually. dumb, but I love it. Like yeah. that's the right yeah. way to do that kind of joke. Yeah. Yeah. There, it, and it's, it's super, super cool. Um, if it's on a sale or something, again, it's like a five hour game that takes you kind of through the history of JRPGs. It's super, super neat. Um, I've been putting a little bit more time to Slay the Spire because I love Slay the Spire. No new news there. Um, been playing a little bit more Vampire Survivors, uh, but like I think six hours into it. Uh, I think it's fun. I think it just hasn't grabbed me. Um, the gameplay loop, just even trying different characters and trying to go for different builds just doesn't appeal to me all that much. Can I make um, one suggestion for like one sure. goal that will set yes. you on the path? Okay. Kill the Reaper. Kill the Reaper. Kill the Reaper and everything will sort itself out after that. Killing okay. the Reaper is like the first step for everything else. 
I have three the f- first three maps unlocked. I don't know if the Reaper shows up on a specific map. The Reaper's the guy that shows up when you get to minute thirty. The guy who kills you in one hit. Gotcha. I got killed by him last night by accident. Yeah. So well, don't no, that that's not by accident. It means you won. Well, it well it ended my run. I was still running around killing stuff. Well, no. Once you hit minute thirty. Mo- it pretty much kills all the other enemies on the map and then the reaper just shows up and usually just kills you but there are ways to kill the reaper because he takes damage oh, okay the thing is is there's ways to do it and like i was talking to other people who were playing and they kind of like it's not that they explained the mechanic but they told me like oh there's like ways to do it and so mm. i figured out the ways to do it there's items you can get. So there's things you do to unlock certain items. And then these items mix together. And basically the Reaper scales. He has a certain amount of health times the number of times you level up. Oh, okay. so essentially if you're like level 120, uh-huh. he's almost invincible. Yeah. But there are upgrades or item combinations you can get like a little later in the game when you're kind of focused on doing that stuff. Um, like their secret. Do you have the randomazo yet? The thing uh, that gives you like those cards hmm. that you can pick when you like start a level. No, I don't have that. Okay. I started doing the item combinations and like I have the grimoire yeah. where it's tracking all that okay. stuff. Yeah. The randomazo is actually what like starts all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The Like the randomazo, think of the randomazo as like an element of the game that the game doesn't want you to have. And so the game reacts when you can do things the game doesn't expect you to do. So when you get mm-hmm. something like the randomazo that gives you like per run buff. So the randomazo has things where like you, you find these cards and like they're hidden in levels. So you can find like new randomazo cards, like you unlock them for doing things in the unlockables. So like when you, when you keep going and unlocking characters at a certain point, you'll unlock something that unlocks the randomazo. And then when you do the randomazo, then you start unlocking like more things for that by like getting certain characters to level 100, uh, by doing it on certain levels and stuff like that. And then that unlocks more pieces and the randomizer will give you things like, hey, now you get three additional revives and, you know, when you die, it increases like your health and stuff by 10%. And so. So so what would your recommendation be on? Is there a specific character I should be using in the early game to really kind of help? What should I be spending my gold on? Should I be spending on characters or constant progression? The first thing I'll tell you is um, there is a one thing you should look up because the game doesn't really explain this very clearly. There is a best path for purchasing upgrades that will get you all the upgrades for the least amount of gold possible. Gotcha. That is 100% worth looking up and you'd be a fool not to do it because the okay. game is going to punish you if you don't do it. So people found out, the game's not really punishing you, but some upgrades, like more expensive upgrades, because every upgrade you buy increases the cost of subsequent upgrades. So there's a way to do it where when you buy certain things in a certain order, it increases that the least amount. And so you can spend the least amount of gold to upgrade everything because you can reset it at any time for free. Right. You just do it. And then when you unlock a new thing, you reset again and you follow that, you know, kind of golden path again. Um 
I found out later. So I used, there's this guy Cavallo. I used him a lot. Um, but I believe her name is Porta. She starts with the lightning ring. Mm. She was the one I finished the game with the first time. Because the the character with the rune tracer starter, she's also good because the rune tracer is an incredible item. The rune tracer. Yeah. When you did, have you upgraded that yet? Yeah. No future is one of the best items in the game. Like no question. Um, Also the lightning ring is really good because have you upgraded that yet? Not all the way in a single run. Okay. But you know what the item is to upgrade that, right? what the item is to upgrade it. So the item you combine with the lightning ring to upgrade the lightning ring. I don't remember off the top of my head. Okay. It, well, but you don't. Okay. So the duplicator, um, yeah. that the lightning ring is always good because the duplicator is a universally good item. Yeah. So you, any run can benefit from a duplicator, yeah. which is why the lightning ring works for any build. Mm-hmm. And when you upgrade the lightning ring, um, the, like the lightning strikes twice and the lightning ring upgraded is incredible and there's randomazo cards that do really crazy shit with the lightning ring like one of them reduces its cooldown when you're moving so you could be walking across the screen it's just lightning lightning lightning, lightning just boom 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 all over the place you can also get upgrades that make the lightning explode when it completes yeah. Uh, and that's the kind of stuff you could do with the randomazo, and that's why you want to get that because it's incredible. Uh, and it's not just with lightning; they do different stuff for different things. But the randomazo allows you to like do these things that are like if you have a build in mind, you're like, okay, I'm going to use this character. I want to do these things. I'm going to target these items. You can go at the start with the randomazo, and you can decide, okay, I'm going to get this item because this is going to allow this one to crit, and this is going to be the core of my build. Or, like I said, you know, I'm going to get these items because I can cast them faster when I move. I'm going to do th- this because it does, you know, it does, it has this effect when I use these items. Um, or you can pick certain ones because, like, I'm targeting the Reaper and I want to put myself in a situation. Like, there are levels that like don't have healing items. But there's a randomazo, like all the drops are gold. And so there's no healing items. Mm. There's a randomazo card that lets you heal from gold. Oh. And also every time you pick up a bag of gold, it does a gold fever. Which every time mm. you defeat an enemy, now they drop gold. So you could basically live forever and get a ton of gold. Which gold right. becomes increasingly important as the game goes on. Yeah. Um, and there's it, a lot of stuff... The randomazo is what you, once you get the randomazo, you can do everything else. Yeah. But the randomazo is the actual first step. From the randomazo, you want to figure out how to kill the Reaper. Yeah. Gotcha. Once you kill the Reaper, that's when the game starts getting crazy because you're, you're doing something you're not supposed to be able to do, basically. And that's when the game is like, what the hell did you just do? And mm-hmm. everything goes off the rails at that point. <laughs> Fair enough. I will have to continue on that journey. Yeah. And like, I'm telling you, like it, it I just want to be like, it's not like, it's not a spoiler. You can kill the Reaper. The Reaper has health, you know? Yeah. Um, but the shit that comes after that is so cool. <laughs> yeah. Like it's so worth it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's fucking fucking love vampire survivors if you ever have questions I, I won't spoil it but if you ever have questions just hit me up okay cool so yeah it's i need to put more time into vampire survivors to get to that point 
um, which I will have a lot of nights where I'm awake coming up very soon, and that will be the perfect game to play at three in the morning when I don't want to be awake. So, um, so yeah, uh, the last two games I've been playing, playing a lot of Elden Ring um, over the past like week or so. I think I put in like 24 hours into it. Um, yeah, it's I don't have a great history with FromSoft games in terms of like getting into them and sticking with them. And Elden Ring was the same for, for a long time. Um, I wasn't planning on even going back to it, but uh, I just watched so much stuff on YouTube about it. So much stuff about the lore. It's anyone who's listened to the podcast knows I love lore um, that I kind of got in there. I respect my character and now I'm having fun, like a lot of fun. Those um, games are so build dependent. Like if you're not yeah, in a play yeah. style that you like, they're impossible to play. Even if it's yeah. not optimal, as long as you enjoy it, that's all that matters. Yeah. So like my first playthrough or not my first playthrough, my first like character I tried to put like five or six hours into was just a sword and board. Just like try it out. That's like traditional. Let's see how it goes. And I was having a terrible time. So I was like, okay, just I just want to like see see myself through the game. What's the easiest way to do that? And everyone's like magic. So I was like, great. So I did the astrologer and had and went through uh, uh, Margit and I went through Godric with that. Uh, but I was not having fun because it was just me kiting constantly, and I was having less fun that way. So I got to Renala, who is the barrier to be able to respec. Um, and I finally beat her, so I respect. And I was like, I want the Sword of Night and Flame. So I did that because, are you familiar with the Sword of Night and Flame? I am not, actually. I'm intrigued. So it is just a standard sword, but uh, it's uh, Ash of War or whatever it is. Um, you hold down L2, and then if you press R1 you basically do this massive fire X swing in front of you that does fire damage. But if you press, uh, if you hold down L2 and you press R2, it does the Kamehameha that Rinalda does, the Comet Azure. Okay. And it's all from just that sword. So I was like, that seems cool. I want to do that. So I did that. And Is that a great sword a... or like an ultra great sword? or No, it's a standard sword. Oh, it's a one-hander? One-hander, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Where do I get that? Uh, Karia Manor. Okay. Have you been to the place with all the creepy hands? There's another place with creepy hands. What is with this, this game place, and creepy hands? This place is foggy and with creepy hands. It's where Ronnie's quest line kind of starts. No, no, no. I haven't been there yet. No, I'm just talking because okay. Dark Souls 3 has this place with like creepy oh, yeah. hand monsters and yeah, yeah. I, I don't like them. They're unsettling. Yep. Yep. They're still unsettling now. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's their where, MO. That's where you get it. Okay. Um, cool. And I'm I was like, gonna use that probably. I played I played through a big chunk of the game with that, and I was like, I kind of want, I'm kind of feeling a change because while respect, you can't respect like infinitely. You have to find spe a specific item to do it, and there's like multiple of that item throughout the game, but it is finite in a single playthrough. So I was like, I want to try. You know what? I just want to do iconic from Soft. What is in every single one of their games? That's like almost like a symbol for them. Play more. The Dark Moon Greatsword. It's oh, in every too. single yeah. From Software game. Even back to Kingsfield is the Dark Moon Greatsword. So I was like, let me try this out. 
So you get it at the end of Ronnie's quest line, which takes a very long time to do. It's a it's the most detailed quest line in the game, and it unlocks one of the endings. Um, so I did that, and I finally got it. I'm like, awesome. Let me try it out. It's a great sword. Not necessarily spec for that. I've been doing. I've been using a shield, but I don't have the best strength. But it scales off of strength and intelligence. Um, so I was like, okay, let me let me try it out. I have to be a little more dodgy than I was, but that's fine. So when you use the weapon skill, it does basically what the Dark Moon Greatsword or the Moonlight Greatsword in different games it does. It does what it does in every game, which is you hold down or you press down strong attack, and it sends out a beam, like an energy beam, and that scales off of intelligence. Yep. So <clears throat> I've been pumping points into intelligence and strength, and it's really this this really fun dance of like walking up to an enemy hitting it with those beams from afar until it charges and then starting melee combat and then sometimes backing out if I need to and spamming again to keep the pressure on. It's this, it's super cool. Um, and I'm at the point where I think I'm about halfway through the main story. Um, I'm in like the, the big capital city uh, where there's some bosses to handle. Um, but Again, I'm not a Souls purist. I don't want to get good and play through the game naked with a club at rune level one. Um, so I've been using the mechanics the developers have put into the game. So most boss fights, I will uh, summon an Ash of War uh, to fight alongside me. I will, um, I will make sure that they try to get as much aggro as possible because i don't have great reaction time uh and i'm having a lot of fun with it um it's elden ring more so than other souls games is an rpg and then in that it's an open world so if you get stuck on something you can try something else but also you can grind and just make yourself more powerful whereas it was a lot more tedious to do in previous souls games uh so i haven't grinded a ton but when i have been stuck on things which honestly hasn't been very frequent anymore which has been nice um i have places to to grind out some runes so um so yeah i think this character that i'm on i think i'm at like 30 hours and yeah man i'm just having a ton of fun i don't think the open world is innovative like everyone says it is i think people want to say it's innovative because it's innovative for FromSoft because it's their first open world game um but in terms of the mechanics of the open world there's not a ton to see in terms of i think limgrave is i think limgrave is both a great first impression of the game and also a bad one because it's kind of boring green fields um but when you get to the the Kaled wastes when you get to the eternal cities underground, like yeah. my dropped when I went down that elevator for the first time and saw the stars in the sky underground. Yeah, like, that part is cool. Like there's a lot of art direction in that game that's just like phenomenal. That's where Moog's uh, manor, like his his place is. Mm-hmm. It's down there. Yeah, and it's like there's so much so much good lore in this game, and so many characters that like. I have theories because I watched a lot of like 
Let's Plays of this game, and I still watch like a lot of like enemy and item randomizers of the game because it's just a lot of fun. The random element. Um, so like I know the whole story, I've seen everything, but I'm having fun going through it myself and just proving to myself that I can do it. Um, which is making me want to go back and play more from game from soft games because I think I can do it. And like I was talking earlier this year, I was playing through the original Dark Souls, and I plan on going back to it, but like. I was having a lot of fun with the, just the just the original Dark Souls. Um, so, Elden Ring is is very special. And if you ask me at the at the if you ask me in October, I would say that I understand it's a great game and I respect it from a distance, but it's just not for me. And then I finally got past the barrier that was like, screw you not in a difficulty perspective, but I think it was a mental thing where every time I go into a FromSoft game, I feel like I'm intimidated by it just because of its reputation. And it's hard to push through that for me, especially as someone who doesn't necessarily come to games for looking for a challenge, but just to like play through the game. Um, I know exactly, I know exactly what you mean. I'm sorry. You f- yeah. finish your thought, but no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say like, I, I felt the exact same way. Like when I played Bloodborne, because mm-hmm. I played Demon Souls, I made it to a certain point and bounced off. Um, yeah. I played the original Dark Souls, I made it to a uh, not even as far as I made it probably in Demon Souls and I bounced off. And then I just kind of like skipped Dark Souls too. I was like, you know what? I'm good with these games. No. They're not for me. And then you know, Bloodborne came out at a time where the PS4 still needed games. And I said, you know what? I want a reason to play my PS4. Let me buy this. And like early on, Father Gascon couldn't beat him couldn't yeah. beat him and i was like you know what i i can't i can't play this game but it powered through that you know and that was like my moment and then i kept going and then like it, the next tough boss and i beat that and i beat that and i beat that and then like it maybe wasn't even until i beat the final boss in bloodborne because mm. i remember i was so frustrated i was streaming it and i was like yo i'm done and then someone in my chat was like you got this and i was like okay i'm gonna go one more and that was the one that, it was it was Jem. He's in the chat. He's like, "Yo, yeah. I believe in you, man. You got this." And I went and I killed the final boss, and I was just like, "Holy shit, I get it now." <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, "Wow." And then, you know, I was like, "Whatever." And then I heard the Abyss Watchers music in Dark Souls Three, and I was like, "Well, I'm gonna mm. buy that because that's in, that sounds incredible." And then Dark Souls Three was one of my favorite games of all time. And, you know, I, I didn't, and you know, again, you know, I went back, I played the first Dark Souls. I don't like that game, but whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I've played through a good chunk of Demon Souls now. I never finished it, but I played it on PS5. And then, you know, but I still, Sekiro, I didn't like it. I did not yeah. like that game. I played like. It's a very different game. It, it is. And it, it, it plays into the areas of Dark Souls that I'm weak at. It plays I, into the get good. I played that game for 19 hours Mm -hmm. and I just got to a point where I said, Nope, I'm done. And I put it down and I've never gone back. The last time I played it was May 5th, 2019. And I'm pretty sure that game came out in April of that year. Yeah. So I have not booted the game since, and I probably never will because that game's just not for me and that's okay. I got 19 Mm -hmm. hours out of it. I'm like, you know what? whatever i'm i'm good i'm not a parry guy you know i still playing god of war and i'm still struggling with that but i'm getting better but um mm-hmm. i just I, that style that sekiro is is i'm too aggressive for its style 
but I'm also not aggressive in the right ways. Uh, yeah. No, I totally get that. I'm not, like, I, I, I make a lot of mistakes still in Elden Ring, and, like, Elden Ring, I feel like, is the most passive I've ever been in one of these games, because... Mm-hmm. I don't feel like even though we're playing in seamless co-op to be clear, seamless co-op scales itself based on the number of players. So like a lot of bosses still like will one shot me. Mm-hmm. So I have to be super careful, but it's like, I, I don't feel as strong as I want to be. And in ways that like, cause I haven't gone out of my way. I haven't grinded or anything. And that's what I did when I got stuck in bloodborne. I grinded when I got stuck in dark souls three, I grinded. And Mm -hmm. I just eventually overpowered the game. Um, And I haven't done that in Elden Ring. And like the other people, you know, that I'm playing with, one of them is carrying over a character that they were already in progress on. And the other one has been grinding for his build. And so I'm the, I play very passive. I play very back, even though I have an aggressive build, because every time I play aggressive, I get punished and I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to die. Cause right. like, I don't like, I don't like dying in boss fights. You know, I like playing the game. Uh, right. and I like, I like being there when the boss is dead. I don't like watching from the sideline. Cause when you die in seamless co-op, you spectate. Oh, okay. You don't just go, you don't yeah. just go back to right. The only time you revive is if everybody goes back, like you either kill the boss and you don't get revived until they rest at a side of grace. Right. Or okay. everybody dies and you rest at a side of grace. And the thing is, is if you die, there are some scenarios where bosses in like the open world, sometimes the game will let you revive, but you respawn with a debuff. And sometimes that's a reduction in max health. Sometimes that's a reduction in other things. And so you are weaker now. Mm-hmm. So there's a penalty for death that doesn't exist in Elden Ring that exists right. in seamless co-op. It's not like a punishment for playing in co-op, but it's like, hey, if you're going to revive and run back into the fight, you need to, there needs to be some downside because the only way to get rid of it is to rest at a side of grace. But if you rest at a side of grace and they're busy fighting all these guys, guess what you're going to do? Respawn all the enemies that they just killed and overwhelm them. And then they're going to be yeah. pissed at you. Yeah. Because now they're dead. Mm-hmm. So, you know, seamless co-op doesn't mean easy mode. It just means we can play together, but we can still very much get our asses kicked. Like we fought one of the dudes at like one of the small like Erd trees. Um, Uh, The uh, the Erd tree guardians. Yeah. yeah, So we were fighting one of them like outside this dungeon we found. And so this dude, like they, they did this, um, they did like this blood move They're They're like towards the beginning of Kaled. And Mm -hmm. um, they, we fought that thing. I think we had to try like seven times. Yeah. Cause it just like, it would just kill us one at a time. It would just get a, it would kill one of us like right off the rip. Then it would get a, a quick hit on somebody like an unexpected, like hammer reach on another one. And then like four of the seven times, I think like five of the seven times it was just me fighting it. It was me versus it. And I got it to like a smidge twice and it killed me, yeah. which is the worst. Um, and yep. then we eventually just had one where we got, we were just, over, we, we learned enough and we overwhelmed it. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm super passive and like, I hate it and I notice it, but like the thing is, is because it's co-op, it's a little unstable. And so mm. sometimes like, you know, I don't know, you know, they're looking at someone else, but all of a sudden the attack swings from them and they're running around. I don't see them that they're retreating behind me. The thing goes to attack them and hits me. Uh, need for speed unbound. Yes, I get need for speed unbounded. Um, yep. And that's frustrating. 
Yeah. And so then I end up playing a little more passive because I'm like, I don't want to lose. Mm-hmm. But I'm getting stronger, so you know I'm enjoying it. Um, d- yeah. They're mad at me because I keep changing my build because I'm like I don't know what I want to do. I was doing yeah. bleed, but then we started fighting things that I couldn't bleed, and I was like, well, I should do something else then. Mm. They're like, stop wasting resources and all these upgrades. I said, don't tell me how to live my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it is not a perfect game. Like it is bigger than it needs to be. There's reused bosses. There's it is excess the, for the sake of excess. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like someone's like first attempt at an open world game. And they're like, we want to make it as big as possible. And then they had to fill it with stuff. And it's like, Oh, we have to reuse some of this stuff. Cause we don't have enough time or resources. And like, well, it also just doesn't I, make sense. Like, yeah, it doesn't make sense to have 300 completely unique bosses when players are you know, only going to interact with a, a select few of them. Mm. Though if I walk into another dungeon and it's one of those robot cat things, I might, Oh like, yeah. we did one the other day where we fought two of them at the same time. I'm like, Jesus Christ, these cats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know what the point was in, um, in the game where I passed that barrier, but I, I did it. And like I said, it's right now for me it's it's close between elden ring and god of war for my game of the year it's still god of war because that style of game just appeals to me more and the fact that i teared up like five or six times throughout the course of that game like i like games that emotionally affect me and i know elden ring will not do that uh it's not to say there's not interesting stuff in there i don't think i've ever wanted dlc more than i do for elden ring for story dlc because of characters that i just am desperate to see more of that weren't featured in the main game very much. I will say some of the best stuff in dark souls three was at, some of the best boss fights in dark souls three were in the DLC. Like sister Frida yeah, consistent. is yep. an incredible, yep. no, but sister Frida was like the coolest boss fight I'd seen in that whole game. Yep. Cause like, you know, soul of cinder is an incredible fight. Um, yeah, yeah. the abyss watchers is a lot of fun. There's really cool fight, but seeing sister Frida and seeing that, they're, you know, watching that cinematic as the building kind of burned down. And then, you know, all of a sudden that third phase kicks it. You think you've won. Everything goes quiet. And then it's just like, you know, oh, it's a, you do the blah, 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 blah. And then she just rises back up and the music kicks in. And I'm like, no, I'm looking at my flask. I'm like, no, <laughs> no. And I'm like, come yeah. on, you bitch. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's that's pretty consistent with from soft games is that and the ring city is just such a cool destination too. like yeah. the ring city is yeah. so good yeah it's that from dlc is generally an improvement over the base game whether that's the original dark souls whether that's dark souls 3 whether that's bloodborne ashes of Ariandel is okay you know that's the one that sister frida is in um she's yeah. really cool that dlc as a whole is a you know it's fine um yeah. The Ring City, in a lot of ways, almost feels like it feels like an, a, a, in a lot of ways an feels expansion. like a note. Yeah, it feels like an expansion, yeah. not just a DLC. Yeah. Like it feels like it actively improves on the base game. It has a huge, just expansive world, and the finale of the Ring City, mm-hmm. like the finale of Dark Souls, yeah. is simply incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was one of the coolest things I've ever done in a video game. 
like seeing that cutscene, like you've seen it, right? You've seen what happens yeah. at the end. It's just so cool. Yeah. We, we could spoil this, right? Sure. We could spoil this. Uh, fast forward two minutes if you don't want spoilers for Dark Souls 3, The Ring City. Uh, just like when the camera pans out when you get moved to the future. And, like, you see the wasteland, you see, like, the, the I think it's still Lothric Castle in the background. I'm pretty sure that it has to be Lothric Castle. Um, I don't know. But you see all the stuff in the background, and then you realize that, like, you and Gale are it. Yeah. You're the last two people on the planet, you know, as far mm-hmm. as the game is concerned. And he has the Dark Soul. He made the Dark Soul. Yeah. He is the Dark Soul. <laughs> and it's just, like... You are fighting the culmination of everything in that world, what that turned into in a real just banger of a boss fight that was like so tough, but so good. And like, what a way to end. And then like, there's also the side effect of that, of once you finish it, you're the last person standing. (laughs) There's Mm. no one else. And, like, there is, though, and, like, oh, my God. And then, like, I remember the first time I beat Dark Souls 3, I accidentally got the secret ending. Um, I accidentally got the uh, the Usurper ending. Did you ever oh, see yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is so cool, dude. When you re- usurp the flame instead of light it or snuff it, you just, like, I'm going to take it and start a new age. And, like, just all those people, like, bowed down, and I'm just walking towards the camera, and I was just like, that was so cool! (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't even realize that was a secret ending until afterward I'm talking to everybody, and they're like, oh, no, that's not the ending I got. And then I looked it up, and I'm like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Accidentally get a secret ending on your first playthrough is one of the best feelings in the world. (laughs) I accidentally did everything right. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Yeah, FromSoft is they're a special developer. Um and Elden Ring, people are saying like the any like story DLC like has to happen in the past because there's six different endings for the game. So there's no way it could really continue after. Um unless they say screw it and just like yeah. there's a canon ending and this is it. Yeah, because if the DLC doesn't revolve around Mikola. I'm going to boycott video games. I want it's so interesting. I don't like I don't want to be that guy who's just like make it the thing that I like, but I think it would be so cool if one of the endings of Elden Ring connected it to Dark Souls. Like if something you did in Elden Ring somehow yeah. led to like Gwyn or something mm-hmm. and like that's what started Dark Souls to me. Yeah. That would be so cool. And that would be yeah. such a payoff for me as a fan of just like, oh, yeah. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would just be yeah. like such a cool thing to kind of see that come together and just like, oh, yeah, this is the age, you know, before all mm-hmm. that stuff, you know, and like make all that stuff. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, shit, you became or like you found Gwyn and it's like, oh, yeah, it's, <sighs> there's I, th- I think there's actually five endings. I think three of them are kind of palette swaps of each other. a la Mass Effect three. Well, that's and then there's two unique endings. That's traditionally how like like Dark Souls usually has two endings, like two base endings. You either like continue yeah. the flame or you end it. 
And then there's usually like one or two secret endings, like yeah. a usurper. So I'm not surprised if they have like their three, like you either do this, do this or do this. But then the secret endings are always the ones that really matter. Yep. Yep. And there's two of those and I'm going for one of them. Just because um, they're always way cooler than anything else. They put way more effort into it, obviously. Um, yeah. Continuing so, the flame is never the right answer. I'm just going to say continuing the cycle is never the right answer. No, no, it's not. Always end no. the age of flame. Always end it. Yep. I agree. Um, so that's Ellen Ring. I'm going to continue to put more time into it. I'm going to continue to have dreams about DLC featuring Mikola and more of his story because that's all I want. Um, and then the last game that I've put significant time into uh, fits in a little bit to your 2022 theme, which is Marvel Midnight Suns. Mm. Um, so that is the game, new game from Firaxis, uh, the XCOM people. Uh, published by 2K. Um, Man, they're really the XCOM people now. We're not even talking about Civ. No. That's oh. crazy, though. <laughs> like, that's just a personal thing. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. It was the Civ people were making XCOM, and now they're the XCOM people. <laughs> what um, happened to Civ, man? Time is a cruel mystery. Where's Civ 7? Um, so, I put, according to Steam, I put 14 hours, just under 15 hours into Midnight Suns. It is, I was ready for this game to not be great um, or good, and it's very good. The main part, I've had technical issues with this game. So the uh, someone from the studio came out uh, and was like, at launch, there's not going to be, it's not going to be verified for Steam Deck at launch. That's something that we are planning on uh, doing within the first couple months, but it won't be ready at launch. I was like, Okay, that's fine. Let me try it out, see if it works. And it worked. It worked. So I started playing it. And eventually, so it's split up into a hub area called the Abbey, where all of the characters, like, hang out and you can do, you can train. And uh, there's, like, an explorable, like, area where you can find different parts around the Abbey and uh, resources and, and that sort of a thing. Uh, and then there's the actual missions that you go on that are more similar to like the XCOM missions. Um, but when you, after you finish a mission, you come back to the Abbey and then you have to go to sleep to progress it to the next day. So you can start doing your next day steps in terms of getting new, uh, new abilities, upgrading things. But every time you went to sleep, the game would crash. Mm. So the game would crash and then you'd start the game back up and you'd go to sleep and then it would work. And that constantly happened the first time you would try to sleep every single time. So I was like, mm. okay, um, let me try a couple different proton layers. So let me see if any of these work better than others. There wasn't really a consensus online yet. So I tried a bunch of them. Uh, some worked better than others, but the crashes still happened. So some worked better than others in terms of performance, uh, but crashes still happened. So I was like, crap, uh, let, me, let me try some more. So I tried enough and eventually I tried to start the game again, and I basically got this error saying, you can't start the game. If you want to see why what happened, click this link. And so Midnight Suns has Denovu DRM, um, which is a very invasive and intrusive DRM. This is a single-player game layer. Yep. where you still have to basically early days of original Xbox One, you have to check in online to authenticate. 
Um, but something I didn't know was that every time you change a proton layer, it acts the same way as if you're trying to register the or start the game on a new computer on a new device. So it thought I tried to start up the game on like 15 different computers because I was trying to find a way around these crashes when so I was just it, changing Proton. Layer. It assumed it was just using your key 15 times to keep activating yeah. the product, essentially, your your authentication. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it thought I was trying to pirate the game. So yeah. when that when that happens, it locks you out for 24 hours. So I couldn't try it again for a full day. This game that I bought, this single-player game that I bought, um, which was incredibly frustrating. Before that happened, I thought, I, I tried verifying the game file, seeing if that would help the crashes. That didn't work. Someone online said they tried reinstalling the game, and it seemed to improve things. So I did that. Midnight Suns doesn't have cloud save on Steam. Oh. Um, and I thought that the save file would still remain, even if I just uninstalled the game. It didn't. Uh, so I lost about ten hours. They must uh, save. They must keep that save file in the program directory yeah. not in yeah. like a because most saves like that you would keep they'd mm -hmm. be in like my documents or something yeah. like that um so that sucks a lot yeah so that sucked a lot i didn't play the game for a couple days because i was just recovering um but i started it up again today you can skip through dialogue skip through cutscenes. you can skip the tutorial so i got back to where i was in like maybe three hours. Um, th this is a game that is like XCOM in a way, but it's different is that in that it's it's card based. So you have skill cards, you have attack cards, you have ability cards, uh, and there's no movement grid on the battlefields. You can move wherever you want. You get one, so you can use a move action for a character to reposition them once per turn. Um, so if you want, but it doesn't matter because enemies can attack from anywhere. You can attack enemies that are anywhere on the map. Um, okay. The main reason you would want to move is that uh, there's a lot of um, environmental attack opportunities. So there could be an enemy next to a, like this generator that's on you could reposition your character and then either use a move that has not use a card that has knockback on it. And you can knock him back into the generator to stun him for a turn, or you can eventually unlock the ability to, when you move, just knock back as part of it. So there's a lot of kind of movement abilities, but there's all their characters are also kind of split into kind of classes. So there's, there's, there's DPS like blade who focuses on bleed. Of course um, there's captain Marvel who, with her, the priority is once you play three cards, three of her cards, you can go binary for free, which just boosts her attack to a ridiculous level. And you want to get to her, get to her at that point as fast as possible. And she'll last in that form as long as she has block or armor available. Then she'll go back. Um, Doctor Strange is a support character. Um, you have. Uh, magic who's a cool lesser known marvel character to where basically you can set up a portal on the battlefield and anytime you attack an enemy she'll shove them basically through a portal out the portal that you set and you can choose the direction where the portal comes out so you can set it up to like face an enemy and then kick another guy through a portal over here and it'll kick him out over there and they'll hit each other and damage each other um 
and you can upgrade the cards too through things you find on missions uh, if you get two of the same card you can upgrade its effectiveness and usually it adds another ability onto it um the the, the decks themselves each character it's a deck of eight per character eight cards um and they just recycle over the course of a mission so they'll just reshuffle back in um and then there's a lot of cosmetic stuff. So you can unlock using currency you you get just by playing the game. You can unlock different just outfits when they're hanging around the Abbey. So like you can buy Tony Stark a couple different shirts or like outfits to wear. And there's actually a toggle a toggle option to where it's like wear a different outfit every day. So you'll wake up the next day and people will be in different clothes and it'll mm, it's kind of cool. That's neat. I like that. What's cool is that um, a lot of the cool combat. Uh, suits because there's combat suits and then there's just like hangout suits um a lot of the cool combat suits are microtransactions that you cannot earn um through in-game currency sounds like a modern video game yep yep um so that's a bummer but there's enough systems in that game between um you can send people out on on missions to gather resources um it's actually pretty fun to explore around the Abbey. It's fun to get to know the characters. It's like, it's like XCOM mixed with like persona or fire emblem three houses to where you can do hangouts with these characters. There are clubs with specific characters you can join. Um, and you really get to know them. Um, and it's actually a really funny game too. Shockingly, uh, you play as the hunter, which is a customizable player character who plays into the story. Um, who can you can kind of shape and mold into what kind of character you want the, uh, he or she to be, whether it's an attacker, a tank, or kind of a support. Um, and the story centers around Lilith, the queen of demons, and the hunter is uh Lilith's uh child and she was able to seal away Lilith hundreds of years ago but she's been freed again and now it's time to do it again but this time there's Doctor Strange there's Iron Man Iron Man has a fun play style uh there's Wolverine there's Spider-Man there's Blade um it's a it's a cool cast of characters um and it's just ripe for DLC this is like microtransactions aside, which are obviously a huge negative when it comes to a lot of these cool suits. Like you, like Spider-Man's symbiote suit, you have to pay real money for. Um, like this is what, this is far closer to the vision of what Marvel's Avengers from Crystal Dynamics should have been instead of a live service game. Like it's an engaging single player experience. There's a lot of customizability. There's a lot of things to do. There's a lot of systems to get into, whether that's you can decorate your room in the Abbey. You can find Intel or you can find these uh, kind of caches on missions that you take back to the Abbey and Tony Stark will uh, decrypt them. And basically that's how you get new cards for all of your decks. And you can customize your decks to really kind of reflect your play style. Um, there's a lot of really good in this game, technical issues and some 2k microtransaction BS weigh it down a little bit, but I think a lot of places I've been seeing, I've been giving it like seven fives and eights. I think eight is kind of a sweet spot for me. I think it's a really good game. 
Um, I, think I know some people have said it's a late contender for game of the year at some uh, publications. I would put it above a couple of the game of the year nominees, even just putting in 15 hours into it. Um, it's I've heard it's a very long game, 50 or 60 hours for the main Jeez. story. Um, but there's constantly new dialogue options, new conversations, new dynamics, because it's the Midnight Suns, which is this Marvel group of like, kind of more mystical, kind of darker characters. But with this huge threat now, the Avengers have come to their house in Salem, Massachusetts, because of course. Um, and so there's this whole power dynamic between the Midnight Suns and them knowing what they're doing, but being a very young team with the Avengers who have come in and are kind of just taking control and kind of not really taking into account what the Midnight Suns are saying. Mm. And so there's an interesting power dynamic too. It's the, all the characters play very, very differently from each other. Um, I just, I think that again, 2022, I think give it a month and I think it'll be in a really good place. Um, I'm still playing it on Steam Deck. The, the crashing when going to sleep is not happening as much anymore. Instead of every time it's happening to me, maybe one every four or five times now. Um, luckily, the autosave system is pretty generous and pretty frequent. Um, but but yeah, I would say, I would tell most people, especially if you're a fan of Marvel, like I, I've said this once and I'll say it again, like if you stick an IP I like onto a genre of game I'm not generally a fan of, I will give it a chance. Um, I don't like MOBAs, but I liked the Infinite Crisis, the DC MOBA. I had a lot of fun playing that. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of ARPGs at the time, but boy, do I miss Marvel Heroes. Um, and I feel like Marvel Midnight Suns is another case of a very good Marvel strategy game that I think people should give a shot. Again, if you get it on PC, you have two hours to try it out. And I think that's enough time to figure out if the style of the game and the kind of flow of the game is, is worth your time. Um, I'm even with all of the problems, even with the DRM issues, even with the, the stutters, cause it doesn't, Denuvo, as I found out, also hinders game performance yep. historically. Um, so I'm playing on Steam Deck, so it's already limited. But it, even there, it still stutters. I have it, I think, locked 4040, uh, which it definitely dips below. But usually during combat segments, it's pretty smooth. It's really just exploring kind of the abbey and the surrounding area, which is a lot of forest and stuff that can chug a little bit. Um, but... But yeah, if you like strategy games and if you like Marvel, like I don't see why you wouldn't at least try to give it a shot or watch some reviews, see if kind of the card-based combat style is something you'd be interested in because it's still very it, it's it's still very like action-oriented. You're picking you're playing these cards, but you're seeing them do all of the cool moves and animations and everything like that. But um but yeah, that's Midnight Suns, I'm going to continue playing that. That's taken up my Elden Ring time. That's <laughs> taken away from me playing Elden Ring because I'm having such a such a good time with it. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. And then I've been, you know, just grinding out the season pass for uh, Marvel Snap because, uh, hello, it, it me. Uh, 
and that's fun. So that's that's that. And we've been recording a long time. Yeah, actually. Um, I should eat dinner. So unless you have anything else. <laughs> No, nothing pressing. Uh, no, this was fun. I mean, hey, you know what? Yeah. It's a it's a fitting, uh, uh, you know, season. Well, ideally, game of the year will be season finale. We'll see if we can squeeze yeah. that in. But um, yeah, you know, season finale for this one. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, if you're that's if you're an amazing podcast as always from Russell right there, the Russell Thanks, seal Russell. of approval. Appreciate it, Russell. Um, yeah, again, for those who may be new. Um, I'm expecting my first child uh, in a few weeks uh, in January. Pod, so pod, be... uh, podcast exclusive uh, reveal of uh, yep. the, the, the name. Huh? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, Rahi would be murdered. But, <laughs> but, um, so I'll be taking a hiatus from the podcast. Um, I know Chris has been looking into other folks to fill the spot while I'm out. I don't know how long I'm going to be out. Um, uh, once the baby comes, I'm taking two weeks off from work to just be home with the baby. Um, and then a little later in the year, I'm going to be taking paid family leave for 12 weeks, I think. Um, so, uh, so I will not be around on the podcast, but I will be on Twitter at RP Orlando 91 Posting and my angry Denuvo, Denuvo, whatever. Denuvo. Takes. Yep, thank you. Denuvo is how you, yeah. Appreciate it. He'll also be posting, you can bet, on halfgen.com. The source. The fable thing never went up. I need to, I know. I'm sorry for everyone who's been looking forward to my fable review for the Do past it. month. It's okay. I have like three reviews I haven't even started that I wanted to do. Um. So, you yeah, know, I, phenomenal. I need to go to work. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. So you're doing that. If you need screenshots, I took I took a couple of nice ones. Um, okay, cool, cool, cool. Are you? I mean, do you want to? Are, is there anything you're working on right now that um, you want to talk that you want to discuss or? Not that I've actively been working on. I could see myself writing maybe an editorial on Elden Ring and getting past that kind of what we talked about, getting past that that yeah. mental barrier. I could see myself writing kind of something on that, but I don't have anything actively going right now. But I want to start um possibly uh later this week or this weekend to try and find some time and kind of dig in so yeah uh cool i think i have two review i want to do one for major monsters i want to do one for um uh the past within uh which did i talk about that on the last when did i play that it sounds familiar yeah i talked about that on the episode uh, in october's episode which we recorded in November, I believe. Yeah. I want to put up something for that. Um, but yeah, I'll probably work on a, a couple things here and there. Um, maybe I'll put my rant into words. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, good, good, good podcast. Always a pleasure, yeah. my friend. And, uh, you know, I, I hope your hiatus is as long as it needs to be, but, uh, I will always look forward to you coming back to the show because, there is no one I would rather talk games with than you, my friend. I appreciate that. And likewise, likewise. Yeah, I will be texting you at 3 a.m. raging about what I'm supposed to do next on Vampire Survivors. I'll be awake, so, buddy. I know you will. <laughs> I'm always there for you, pal. <laughs> uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Appreciate <sighs> it. 
ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, don't forget, uh, we're still, you know, Twitter didn't die, so we're still on Twitter at official half gen. Um, I'm Nightmare CV. Anywhere you want to find me, he's uh, RP Orlando ninety one on Twitter. You know, follow us. We we tweet stuff. Uh, his dad follows both of us, so we must be cool. He does. He, he does. does. He's and very supportive of what and we do. My mother in law is aware of of half gen because she brought it up at the baby shower. We have a mom and a dad who are both supportive of our website, and so it's should true. you. Agreed. Agreed. And remember to tune in at 7.30 Eastern tonight um, to watch our stream along of the Game Awards at 7.30 Eastern, twitch.tv slash NightmareCV. We'll see if we're disappointed or not. I hope not. I hope not, too. All right, folks. Thanks for listening on the audio. Thanks for watching on YouTube. And we will. I will catch you on the next one. Hopefully, we catch Ross on at least one more. But uh, thank you so much. Take it easy. Bye-bye. See you.